Attention all wrestling fans. Get ready for the ultimate fan experience at the WCBS WrestleMania Fan Meetup in Los Angeles, California from March 30th through April 2nd. This event will bring together the biggest event in wrestling and your favorite podcast, as well as diehard fans from all over the world. This is the perfect opportunity for fans to connect and celebrate their love of the sport as well as their love of us. So mark your calendars, grab your tickets, and get ready to suck it and join us live. Don't miss out on the ultimate fan experience at the WCBS WrestleMania Fan Meetup Weekend in LA. And if you're not a wrestling fan, there will be other YouTube creator events, including a trip to the brand new Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios. So listen to World Class Bullshitters Live for more updates and for more information, email worldclassbs at mail.com. Thebestmail.com, jabroni. The following is a world-class Bullshitters exclusive. Welcome to World Class Bullshitters, the epitome of pop culture. I'm your host, Jeff Hicks, and with me tonight is the last-standing Samoan Big Rig, Nick Utam. Oh, baby, oh, baby, oh, baby. Don't bet your hedges. (laughs) No, don't bet your hedges, folks, because your house will be naked. But Dion would like you that way. (laughs) That's probably a good idea. I think Dion sees every house as a white woman. He just wants to be all up inside it. (laughs) Uh, up next is American Ramrod, Kendo Slice. Let's see, where did I leave off at? Oh, yeah. Um, yes, that's right. We won the Super Bowl. Hell, yeah. Suck on that Philly cheese dick nation. Um, <laughs> where is, where, what about the rest of you slap dicks in the chat that had nothing but shit talking to do? Uh-huh. How do you like me now? My homie, my quarterback, my MVP. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Texas Tech's going to win the Big 12 uh, basketball tournament. You heard that here first. Guns up, horns down. Uh, fuck, it's been a couple weeks. Um... <laughs> Uh, suck my dick, suck my stuff, suck it, suck it, suck it, suck it. There you <laughs> <laughs> now, folks, if you can't figure out, that's going to be the tone of tonight's show. This is going to be a wild one. Uh, Dion's on location in Florida, so he won't be able to join us tonight. But I have some announcements to make about the WCVS fan meetup. On Thursday, March 30th, we're going to be hanging out in Santa Monica. We're going to go down to the pier. We're going to have a meetup. We're at Beach Day. I've been getting emails and messages from patrons as well as other people that are wanting to show up. So, folks, people are starting, not starting, but people are getting ready. People are coming to this. So, if you need help to get there, shoot us an email. We can work things out in the community, blah, blah, blah. But remember, folks, all that stuff is from the WrestleMania video at the beginning. So, I don't have to repeat myself. We got a show to cover tonight. Now, folks, we don't normally get to this this early because, well, we want to, but we forget. But we have the word of the day, and it's super early from our pal, Grumpy Old Bastard. And this is a great one. Thank you for your generous super chat. He says, word of the day is Bangkok. No time to Bangkok. <laughs> Live and let Bangkok. Or stop, or my mom, or my mom will Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> now... Uh, we'll give you the titles in just a moment, but shout out to our uh, our members from the membership program, like Joseph Bienowicz, who has, God, he has so many titles for Bangkok. Let's just roll them out right here. We have The Spy Who Loved Bangkok, Bangkok Ridge, A Million Ways to Bangkok in the West. Dude, where's my Bangkok? Bought <laughs> 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 for Red Bangkok. Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Bangkok. Now, Nick, would you I watch that film? 100%. Oh, 100%. Could you imagine? <laughs> it's a martial arts picture starring Jason Voorhees. Dude, I no, you, 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 yeah, it's, I don't know. We need, I'm, I'm, I'm down for some ridiculous Jason movie premises. I'm always down for that uh, because, um, like once again, they're like, like twelve or thirteen movies. It's fine. We've, we've gotten through them. We need some like ridiculous shit. Like I would love, um, Jason goes to space two. Just Ooh. because, just because. 
I'd watch that. I mean, or, it worked or, out really or, well for Pennywise. Or better yet, Jason Jason in Space 2, Earth 2. <laughs> like, we can just do that movie. Dude, we're going to keep working our angle because one day we'll be making Friday the 13th movies and they'll be profitable oh, again. <laughs> that, would be, that would be so much fun. Uh, where else would you like to send Jason, folks? Tell us in the chat because we can ooh, send Jason ooh, anywhere. Ooh, I got one. I got yeah. one. I got one. Yes. Uh, North St. Louis. Hmm. We'll see how All well right, he will. We'll see how well he makes out in one of the most dangerous parts of the country. It's going to be like that scene in National Lampoon's Vacation where the guy's like, uh, fuck you, mama, and all the shit about rib tips, and Jason just boom, <laughs> off of his head. Rib tips. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. He did He did pretty right in Manhattan, so. <sighs> yeah, man, that was mostly Canada. shit on St. Louis, though. <laughs> Is it that bad in St. Louis? Oh, fuck, yes. Um, although, uh, I believe they were dethroned this year. Um Instead Is Detroit back on the of, map? No, New Orleans has got it this year, I believe. Oh, no, our city. Yeah, I believe New Orleans has taken the crown this year. But, you know, St. Louis had a good run, you know. That's a crown I'd be okay giving up. Yeah, we just <laughs> we just got to work harder this year. Um, our, the the St. Louis city prosecutor is really good at letting people out that commit crimes, even felonies, oh, wow. uh, for no reason. And she's in the midst of being possibly thrown out of office right now but that's neither here nor there i thought you're gonna tell me she's gonna get a better position uh sure i mean she's gonna be running for president one day right i mean yeah. american politics is all about failing up these days <laughs> kind of like hollywood yeah yeah so any day now we're all gonna be senators and actors <laughs> the senator from from Tennessee is out we're all gonna in Los be, Angeles shooting We're all going to be Ronald Reagan? <laughs> well, somebody's got to be Jerry Lewis. Dion's got to be Jane Wyman. Sorry, Dion, you're not here. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, folks, we all love Back to the Future. It's a 1980s classic. Tonight, we're going to get to talk about another 1980s classic, Ghostbusters. Yes, Ghostbusters is back in the news, and it gives us an excuse to talk about Wokebusters, our upcoming comic book mega project. It's not just a comic book. It's a graphic novel. It's an epic. It's... It's a lot of pages. It's about 80 pages, and it's being in production right now, and we'll talk about it a little more when we get to Ghostbusters. We also get to talk about Tropic Thunder. Mm. Uh, we have some Coach Kendo History Corner. Nick, we're going to be talking about some black exploitation stuff. And later on in the show, we'll talk about Atomic Heart, this new video game that's banned in Russia. This Russian video game that's banned for very interesting reasons, as well as the fact that people are upset that a game features sexy robots, so... We'll have fun to make fun of those people as well. But oh God. let's give a shout out to everyone in the chat. Well, not everybody, because there's a lot of people here. But we'll give a hail to our friend Joseph Bienowicz, Clone Geek, Shrebels08, Miss Ninja Julian, Alexander the Great. Uh, who else do we have down here? He keeps growing. Dr. Coffin Nails, Garth Vader, Doxy Mama. Who else is here? I said Monica Lewinsky, maybe. Yeah, Kenneth <laughs> Starr. He's dead. We reach time and space and the dead. I mean, I, dude, last night I sat on my bed and I talked to Fiero, Fiero LaGuardia, and he's been dead for 40 years. Do you have that ability? Do you have the shine? You can just... Apparently <laughs> Kendo has the shine. It's the shining. You want to get sued? <laughs> I could just imagine Kendo just sitting on the side of the bed having like a convulsion, and then in reality he's just sitting there talking to a dead guy. He's like, oh, Medgar Evers, he saw the movie, he's pissed. <laughs> It would be extra weird if I talked to Fiero LaGuardia, considering I have no connection to the city of New York. I don't think ghosts, 
Kendo, that's your ghost ability. You're the world's worst ghost medium. What it is is they randomly pick you to bitch about their problems, and you're just stuck. Oh, my oh God. wait, that's our next comic, Ghost Psychiatrist, where dead, famous dead people come to bitch to our to Kendo. I feel like that was go. a movie, a, a, a few movies ago, like that, or a TV show or something, for oh, dude, sure. Then I want to watch it. I don't want to make. Oh, fuck off, cat! Get away from me. Pussy's just all over you, Kendo. All over you. No, he he does this thing now where he has to like sit there and just reach out for you and like grab you and like pull at you with his claws and things like that. And it's annoying as shit. He does it while I'm sitting on the couch. He does it while I'm sitting in a chair. He's doing it again. And I just chased him off. I hate him. <laughs> for those who joined me on Tuesday night's High Council, I'm sorry you're not going to hear the cat battle royale. Things have calmed down here at this apartment. But uh, if you want to hear that, folks, go back and listen. It was it was rough. We had to I had to mute the show. I thought these two cats were going to kill each other. It was, it was scary. <laughs> now let's take care of a little bit of housekeeping tonight, folks. We're going to play a game a little later in the show. I didn't even tell you guys about this, but our friend Dan sent me a link. There's a cocaine bear game that we're going to play at the end of the show tonight. So <laughs> it'll be fun, folks. We're gonna it'd be better than Twitch. But if you want our Twitch oh, content, Twitch.com/slash/WCBSGaming. We have more very soon. We should make Dion play through Hogwarts Legacy and just see how I'll handle it. Well, they can't cancel him. I mean, hopefully they can't. They can't cancel anybody involved with this game. It's funny. For as much as everyone on the internet is freaking out, J.K. Rowling, J.K. Rowling. Guess who made a fucking call to J.K. Rowling? Warner Brothers. Her ass is about to get even richer. So all the people that are spurging out, there's more Harry Potter. There's more Lord of the Rings. They... Warner Brothers is cashing on their IP, so be prepared. Oh yeah, 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 dude, dude. I heard, I, I heard the game has like made them so much money, and it's like top sales and stuff like that, like all kinds of shit. Like it's just, you know, it's just like yeah, it's been truckloads of money, and it's I, I, I love how like had nobody said anything about like uh, banning it or don't buy it, it would have probably been like an okay release. But the it's like fact a that effect. yeah, exactly the fact that all these people have gotten like, you know, um mad about it and been very vocal about it all over the place has just put it in everybody's face and been like oh this looks kind of fun i'll try it out and there you go not me i still stand by the fact that i refuse to play that game has nothing to do with jk Rowling. i just don't fucking like harry potter that's that's entirely fine i don't think against him other than the fact that he's a wizard and he practices black magic and he's gonna burn in hell but other than that <laughs> I mean, other than that, I mean, oh god, wait till I wait till I tell you about D and D. It's really going to blow your mind. Oh shit! (laughs) No, I got friends that play D and D, and again, they're my friends. They're going to go to hell, and when they die, (laughs) but that's fine. Is his name Eddie? No. Okay. All right, that's that's all I needed to know is if his name was Eddie or not. Uh, No, no No Eddies. I'm not friends with any Eddies. Moving on. It was a. That was a Stranger Things reference. Anyway. Yes. So, folks, tonight we're going to be talking about all of those things, but uh, what else is there? Oh, not much. So, I guess we'll start tonight's first topic. Um, Now, guys, let's take it back to 2008. Tropic Thunder. Now, Robert Downey Jr. had just made his epic comeback in Iron Man. We were all on this great journey together. And then Tropic Thunder drops. In, in my eyes, cements Robert Downey Jr.'s return because Iron Man was great, Tropic Thunder was even better. 
And it's one of the films that people still talk about today. We talk about Tropic Thunder. Ad Nauseam is one of the last great comedies of all time. It truly is everything that everyone says about it. And so, God, 15 years later, we're still talking about Tropic Thunder in an interesting way. Now, guys, you've heard about the controversy for around surrounding Tropic Thunder. Uh, you uh, find it as stupid as I do? Yes. Um. Yeah, man. I mean... It was one of those movies where I remember I remember hearing about it and seeing the poster and like you know and like it was it was kind of a, a far shot of all all four of the guys or all five of the guys and uh, somebody said one of those guys is Robert Downey Jr. and I was like I don't see him there he's like the hell you say <laughs> I was like <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> and somebody just said he's in there you know it says it's at the bottom of the picture I'm just like I don't know what you're talking about I don't see him at all and then once the trailer started I was like oh. I understand now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was it was wild to learn about um, <laughs> who he was in the movie and the character and everything. Because I was just like, I'm there for. As soon as I had the trailer, I was like, now nah, I'm there for it. It's happening. I'm watching it. Yeah, dude, Lincoln Osiris is great. Oh yeah, and dude, that like when that movie came out, I remember I didn't go see it in theaters, but. The ex-girlfriend at the time, she worked at the video store, so she got to bring home like fucking new release movies before they hit the shelves because they'd come in on the weekend and then they got put out on like later that week. So I got to watch it like right when it came out on like DVD and me and my buddies were just like, holy shit, this movie is fucking fantastic. I think we watched like three times that weekend because it was that much <laughs> nice. fun. I fucking, it, and it's honestly, it's great. Tom Cruise, as much as I love that man for all the right reasons and top gun is my favorite movie of all time my favorite ever tom cruise performance is in this fucking movie <laughs> yeah mine too les grossman is wonderful and yeah. apparently he came up with the Les grossman character because they had it written a different way for him and he's yeah, like he supposedly based it off of somebody that like works for like paramount or somebody like that that he's dealt with in the past yeah, and um, he went like he, uh, every everything you saw about it, you know his his physical appearance wasn't supposed to be that way. He kind of made the character kind of balding, the giant arms, the hairy the hairy arms, and everything that, and just you know all that stuff. And uh, and he and he's the one who pushed for him dancing. I'm just like, <laughs> I can't hear that song and not think of him. I know, I player, <laughs> dude, dude. Even the support like. Tropic Thunder is one of those films where every role is cast perfectly from the top all the way to the bottom. Even the guy that's the grip, he goes, find me the grip, punch him really fucking hard in the face. And he's like, sorry, and hits him. Like, everybody is great. <laughs> fucking Steve Coogan in his micro role as Damian Cockburn. Can you guys find me a bad performance in Tropic Thunder? I don't think so. No. 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 Now, the thing that everyone likes to talk about constantly is the controversy, but... Um, Ben Stiller has been quoted to talk about the controversy recently, and it's kind of interesting. So Ben Stiller has said he's proud of Tropic Thunder, despite the film's past controversies. In the 2008 satirical comedy, Robert Downey Jr. plays Australian method actor Kirk Lazarus, who undergoes pigmentation alteration surgery to darken his skin to play black character in a war movie. For the role, Don Downey Jr. was nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars. <laughs> How times have changed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Along with the use of blackface, Tropic Thunder attracted criticism for its depiction of disabled characters. In the film, Stiller's character Tug Speedman plays a character called Simple Jack in a film within Tropic Thunder, which is supposed to be a satire of actors who have played, who have, who's chased acclaim by playing disabled roles. 
In response to a fan claiming for Stiller to stop apologizing for the film on Twitter, the actor replied, I make no apologies for Tropic Thunder. I don't know who told you that. It's always been a controversial movie since we, we opened. I'm proud of the work that everyone did. Robert Downey Jr. addresses the controversy back in 2020 when he said on the Joe Rogan show that Ben knew exactly what the vision was for this. He's excited. He executed it. It was impossible not to have it be offensive, an offensive nightmare of a movie, Downey Jr. said. And 90% of my friends, and 90% of my black friends like were like, dude, that was great. I can't disagree with the other 10%, but I know where my heart lies. I think that it's never an excuse to do something that's out of place and out of its time, but to me, it's blast, it blasted the cap on that issue. I think having a moral psychology is about having is the one of the jobs we have as an actor sometimes you just gotta go yeah i fucked up and in my defense tropic thunder is about how wrong blackface is so i take exception <laughs> so everybody that you know these two big guys the director and the, the, the actor one of the lead actors stand by tropic thunder which we should i wanted to talk about this tonight because it's like for as crazy as society goes for the people that spent billions of dollars on harry potter because people on the internet freaked out or whatever you want to say good for the everybody that won Tropic Thunder is just that movie that can't go. It goes to show you that all the insanity on the internet, there's a line. And people like Tropic Thunder. People stand by Tropic Thunder. We stand by Tropic Thunder. I think it's just a movie that kind of shows how sane you are in these days. If you get offended by... Uh... <laughs> the guy... Okay, sorry to cut in like that, folks. Nick sent me a picture, or Kendra sent me a picture, of the guy that Les Grossman is based on. And he looks like fat Louis C.K. Should we show the audience? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That's why I sent it over. All right, so folks... Les Grossman is based on a guy named Stuart Cornfield. Cornfield, excuse me. There he is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Seems it's accurate. I would say that uh, he, uh, he got it right. Now, yeah, he, uh, he, he sadly passed away on June 26th of 2020, but he produced... He's in the film Old School. He's in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and he's in Dark Man, but he produced a shitload of movies... And most of them were pretty good, so yeah. R.I.P., dude. <laughs> but there we go. You agree? He looks like Fat Louis C.K. Oh yeah. Yeah. As as he apparently goes, he produced <laughs> Tropic Thunder as well. well like he got to, to see himself come alive on screen as a screen as a vehicle for Tom Cruise. Yeah. That young. That wasn't a jet. Um. Oh man, uh, no. I, dude, I, I fucking, I fucking love Tropic Thunder. It's um, and even, and even then, if anybody gets mad at the mad at the movie and Robert Downey Jr. for what they did, they obviously didn't fucking watch the movie and they're just retarded. Yeah, they um, didn't. It, it's like any other time they get offended by something like that. It's like clearly, it's like if they're like, oh, I get offended by you know All in the Family because you know Archie Bunker is such a racist. It's like, well, then you ain't paying attention to the whole thing because while he is usually it blows up in his face and. The blackface in Tropic Thunder is not meant to glorify it. It's to make Robert Downey Jr.'s character look like a fucking idiot and make fun of actors in general that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, super method. Yep. Uh, this fucking guy, I'm gonna stop looking at him real quick. Um, now I wanted to ask you guys since we're talking about all this offensive stuff and we're gonna chime in with the audience, what are some other movies that you find offensive these days that you still in, or that you enjoy? I mean. A couple years back, they were getting rid of Gone with the Wind. They were putting disclaimers on everything. They're trying to button up for streaming, but whatever. I like offensive movies. There's a lot of good ones out there. there. There's always a lot of comedies that people are always fucking offended by all the time. Like it just seems like like laughing has become illegal now or something. Like you can't you can't make fun of of anybody, and it's just really fucking stupid. It's like if you can 
I th- I feel I, f- I feel like you know you know we're this giant melting pot called America, and if you can't make fun of everybody, what the fuck's the point? You know, we're all we're all here. We're trying to we're trying to get along, and you know, we gotta laugh, man, because uh, if we don't, uh, what the fuck is all this for? Yeah, life's too short to be a bitter douche. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> there you go. Life is too short to be a bitter douche. Yeah, I, I, I can't say that I ever have gotten offended by. I, I'm no okay. I take that back. I have been offended watching movies, not for the reasons a person would get offended, but the fact that somebody actually sat down and said, "This looks awesome. Let's spend money on this and take the time to make this piece of shit movie." That offends me as a human. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh... That's <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean by that. We've seen a lot of those movies where it's kind of like, yeah. This went through so many people. The script went through so many changes. Yeah, and they spend money on this thing. Oh dear God! No. Like Tales from the Hood too. I was offended by that movie because of how <laughs> bad it was and how much I enjoyed the first one, and that the second one was just a complete off the fucking cliff car on fire. You fucking felt so goddamn uncomfortable watching that with us. Uh, yeah, I did. Because it I'm was... like, wow, this is this is extremely heavy-handed and on the nose, and I'm not sure how I should feel about this because oh, God. I am not having a good time. Oh man, it was it was hilarious seeing you like squirm on the couch, and then we put in we put in black dynamite, and you were you were fine, then you were all right. Uh-oh, did you just say Black Dynamite? I did. Oh, no. I'm Shawanda, and her name's Brick Willa. Those are beautiful names. I'm Gloria, and this is Black Dynamite. My mama said my daddy's name is Black Dynamite. So did my mama. Oh, hush up, little girls. A lot of cats have that name. <laughs> that was pretty nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like how the one girl's name is Briquilla. It's like, yeah, we're going to steer right into that whole, you know, name thing. Well, let's talk about Black Dynamite as a minute. Some people might find that movie offensive. I think it's fucking brilliant. Dude, I was like, when I saw when I first saw the trailer, because it popped up on some aggregator I was was looking at, um, I was like, oh, this looks cool. And I looked at like, oh, this is a movie from like the 70s that you know has been restored or whatever like that and i looked at the, i looked at when it was made it was made in like you know in the in the 2010s or whatever and i was like what what the fuck um oh yeah dude it, it it took until the scene where they're all sitting around together and it's got like cedric yarborough and oh yeah 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 the, the, and the, 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 fucking, the fucking pimp like yeah it took like it took me like 20 25 minutes until they got to that scene to realize that this is a new movie because i thought it was honestly like from like 1975 yeah, because I mean, they, they, they do such yeah. a good job of making it look like it's a movie from 1975. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they uh, they filmed it with the with the old equipment and the old film and everything to make it look that way. That's where they have to do it digitally. And uh, I was like, holy shit, man, that that that, that must have taken a fucking while. Um, but yeah, man, it's yeah, it's a it's a great movie. I love it. Um, it's still watchable. They made a cartoon. I think it made a, the two seasons of a cartoon on 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 Hulu that they're still there. I think. Um, oh yeah, it was on Adult Swim. And also, yeah, yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, People get offended at it, and I'm like, or buy it. I'm, I, of course, you should be offended. If you don't get the joke, it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Well, like and, and, whole... and that's and that's another thing I fucking hate when people say like this movie is not made for you. This this thing is not for you. It's like, I'm sorry, but if it's put if it's put if it's put out to the public, where I can purchase it and or watch it with my own money and time, then it's for me. This this whole idea of like oh, this these movies are for somebody else or for another group or for another for another person or whatever like that I think is entirely bullshit. 
and I don't like it because like if you're able if, if the movie once again is out there and accessible by anybody anywhere, then it's for the general audience. Yeah. And it's the like if you go audience... to the grocery store and you're like, man, this this flavor of chips sucks. And somebody's like, well, those weren't made for you. It's like, motherfucker, they're selling them in the store. Yeah, exactly. Whoever exactly. wants to pay for them. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I, I fucking hate that shit when people say this is not for you, this is not meant for you, this this thing's for you. It's like go fuck yourself. Yeah, I'm really. Sure go your fuck wife yourself. is the one that started that shit, though. I don't want to talk about. Don't her. Don't blame Bree. I don't want to talk about her. Basmati bitch. <laughs> Basmati whore. Get it right. <clears throat> Whatever. It was fun making a video about her yesterday. It hurt a little bit to look at your old ex, Nick, but hey, <laughs> it is what it is. Now, another movie that I wanted to talk about briefly about being offensive, American Pie. It, I loved it as a kid. It was funny as shit, but I guess people are offended by it. Why? Because of the, I guess the Nadia scene, how he brought yeah. it over the internet. Like, when you say it out loud, you're like, oh, that is kind of messed up that you hit a webcam in your bedroom and broadcast it to your entire school. But it was 1999, and that technology, like, wasn't as ubiquitous. So you're like, oh, this no, is a movie. No, this kind of shit. He, no, wasn't no, 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 no. he wasn't trying to broadcast it to the whole school. He was just trying to send it to his friends. He just <laughs> oh, yeah, up and accidentally part. sent it to the whole school. Oh, and yeah. if you really want to get technical about it, and yes, he did kind of, you know, broadcast this naked woman across the internet in his bedroom but then by extension it ended up blowing up in his face twice when yeah twice when it you know blew up in his face twice so <laughs> it's kind of like one of those things it's like oh that's kind of a scuzzy thing but he got his comeuppance because you know it blew up in his face twice yeah uh, and 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 like that, I, and I love when those movies came out on DVD because it came out during the the golden age of the unrated DVD. Oh yeah, and, dude. And what? Those and, the best days. Oh yeah, and like the best thing about that age was that you, whenever there was the movie was unrated, it was actually like noticeably longer by at least ten minutes or more. So like even even the pie fucking scene is different from the one they saw in theaters. The Nadia scene is like way longer than than uh, than it was in theaters. Um, there are well, a lot the of other things. It's yeah. so much better in the unrated yeah, cut. Yeah, he, yeah, like, and the oh, yeah. And one he's just kind of like holding he's it, and the other one he's poking it thing. on the fucking desk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's different. I fucking loved it. And um, yeah, a lot, there were a lot of extended scenes as well uh, throughout the movie. But that was yeah, that was during that that golden age of like the unrated DVD. You know, that were just uh, it was so like you had the the theatrical version, then you had the unrated version with like ten plus minutes added to it. It was fucking great. It was like. Euro Trip was great. Um, did Brad uh, have an extended uh, cut? Euro Trip, man. Actually, speaking of that, uh, the movie Megan is getting that treatment with the DVD coming out. There's an unrated oh, version of that on the DVD where it's going to be extended and stuff as well. So, in case anybody is interested in that, I like that movie. I don't know if I will buy it on Blu ray to watch the unrated cut. It's probably just going to be like. Because did you watch it, Nick? Oh yeah, yeah, I watched it. Yeah, it was um yeah, once again it reminded me of Man's Best Friend, uh the movie about the robotic dog that escapes the facility and like, you know. Yeah, it reminded me of that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was entertaining, but it wasn't necessarily scary. I'm just guessing it's gonna be bloodier. Yeah, it might be bloodier. Be um, rating. Yeah, I hope I hope it comes to like Redbox. I hope the unrated version comes to Redbox or whatever so I can like acquire it that way. It. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll acquire it that way. Um now since we talked about offensive movies, let's see what those in the chat have been saying. We've Wait, been hold on. Um, Alexander the Great, uh, Eurotrip Unrated, 
just came out on Blu-ray, really. Because the rated DVD is, like, way the fuck different from the Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Because the DVD has so much shit on it. It's, like, it's ridiculous the amount of stuff they could fit on there. Oh, so yeah. it's hard to believe that um, the, the, the Blu-ray is just as good. I hope it is. Disappointing things about the switch over to Blu-ray is like all those wonderful DVD extras that they crammed on there. They just they didn't transfer them over. It's like, oh, it's in, it's a, it's better picture quality. That's the that's the selling um, point, pal. Well, I have good news for Eurotrip. They brought it all over. Oh, oh dear God. God! It's like it's the same box art and everything, and it's got the gag reel, the deleted scenes with optional commentary, uh, alternate ending, and the music of Eurotrip. So it's got what was on there. Holy the shit! DVD. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Eurotrip is fucking fantastic. Yeah, I mean, even though people are people say I think it's um it's a copy of the Paul Rudd movie. Deliver which one? Deliver uh, uh, overnight delivery. Uh, I haven't seen it. I don't know if that's. I mean, does Paul Rudd go chasing after you know some guy named Mike in Germany in that movie? Because it's 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 Mika, okay, a common German no a common German female name. That's Mike. <laughs> I was a sad boy. No, that's a girl. Trojan. Oh, that's something. Machen's girl in German. Um, I just like you when know. He gets... You know German. You should know what the translation. Oh no! Uh, I, I it's just been forever since I've seen the movie. I just remember what he said. I I got to study, man. Remember, I was taking German when this movie fucking came out. That's almost <laughs> twenty years ago. God damn. That's not We're an excuse. Now. That's not an excuse. Okay, they make Rosetta. They yeah. make Rosetta Stone. Okay, get on it. Ah, use Duolingo. It's free. Spanish. <laughs> no, I looked up your movie that you're talking about overnight delivery. College student Wyatt Paul Rudd is convinced that his hometown girlfriend is cheating on him. Dis disconsolate with a, at a strip club, he nonetheless tries to defend the honor of Ivy uh, to one of the uh, one of the. Da- oh shit! Okay, we should watch this movie. It's just about a strip club, and he goes uh, on the road. I mean, you had me okay, at Paul okay, Rudd. Uh, okay, well, the, the, the stripper he goes on the road with is his classmate, and also breached with a spoon. See, none oh. of that sounds anything like Euro Trip. I think you're reaching for straws there, Nick. Does anyone scream Fiona? Yeah. Is there well, I mean, I mean, get the, cheated on. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, guy likes girl in a long distance relationship. Some something happens and he has to go travel to go see her. It's that kind of it. It's that trope that happened with that movie. Same thing with road, with road road trip. Like it's that kind of. Did thing. he go anywhere near Berlin? Because that guy said he's going to Berlin. Nie wieder Berlin. <laughs> See, I remember the German for that part, motherfucker. Yeah. You do, you do realize Eurotrip is about to be a part of the show. Had we got any mail this week, the button for the show is mail, motherfucker. So. Oh, no, you need, no, no, you need to get that button. You need to get that fucking button. That's, yeah. that, and you need to keep it for, for forever. That's, that's what needs to happen. Well, keep it for all the fan mail, of course. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, no, that was another fun, 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 fun movies like that that came out and, you know, had the nice, you know. Unrated DVD release. I'm glad, I'm glad they finally caught on to like goddamn Blu-ray. It's about fucking time. Jeez. That's so yeah. dumb. Because I was happy when the first Blu-ray came out. And I was like, oh, cool. All the, all the things are going to be on there. Nope. Terrible. Just fucking terrible. Yeah, I'm glad they, they were lazy and just up-converted everything on the disc the- and said fuck it. I think I think they did. I didn't. I think they did it with the Harold and Kumar movies where like the DVDs and the Blu-rays are the same. They both have like all the crap on them. Oh, good. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah, and Harold same Kumar thing. is another movie that would be offensive by today's standards. It's like the the cop. Oh, you can't you can't have the cop say that shit, but that's the joke. He's I said that guy. the other day at work. <laughs> Granted, it was it was it was with other teachers, and they knew about Harold and Kumar, so they got the joke. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> had they not, you would have been in trouble. <laughs> right. I'm not gonna say that to any of the kids. 
Yeah, I wouldn't. They no, that's because, four no, that's because, that's because the, the, the kids are different Indians. They're the you know they're 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 the, they're the remakes. The real ones. The remakes. That's no, okay, man. It's fine. It's okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure those are the ones that were <laughs> they were the ones that were being looked for. So last time I checked, mm. I, don't, I don't think so because Spain's on the other side of the of the world, there, buddy. Well, I think I think you've read the wrong book because last time I checked, they were the first ones that were found. Um, I mean, so, they, I mean, maybe you should stop appropriating were, their culture and taking. They were they're 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 the step kids, Kendo. They're the step kids. Okay, okay so on. then if 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 you're so freaking out and proud about it, then why don't you go to Cleveland and protest the damn baseball team and tell them be like, okay, look, you took away Chief Wahoo, but here's you know Jug Dish, and it could be like a cab Jug driver. <laughs> they could still be the Cleveland Indians. They'll just be a different type of Indian. That would be perfect. <laughs> Said a big the, angry, the angry cab driver? Fuck yeah, dude. That'd be yeah. great. It's, yeah, instead of, you know, being, you know, Chief Wahoo smiling, it could be, you know, Jug Dish the cab driver. <laughs> and if you want to make him a Sikh, you can give him a hat. Give him a hat. I like that. <laughs> I'm down. See, there's a fucking oh missed opportunity God. if I've ever seen one. Because you can't tell me the Indian community would not have gotten behind that. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, man. I mean, they, I mean, they were just happy. They were really happy when the Temple of Doom happened. Yeah. But I mean, if we if we get our own fucking mascot for a team, uh, we'll take it. They would be like, "Holy shit, you serious? Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> we, we're in. We're sold. Yeah. I want. You want, you realize how much Cleveland Indian gear we get sold in India? <laughs> also in New Jersey, because there's a lot of them there too. Oh. I don't want to go. It's my no. least favorite state. No. America's armpit. Mm. Now, guys, I think it's time to check in with the audience because we've already talked about our first topic pretty well. So uh, I'm not going to ask a number because we're just going to press this. Mail, motherfucker! (laughs) Told you. Anyway, uh, Shrubbles08 says, Hail Jeff, Nick, Dion, and Kendo. How about them fucking Chiefs? Heck yeah, I'll take a Joe Rogan slap nut and a Back to the Future Doc Brown, please. Well... Let me press one button. (gasps) And then uh, the other one. Kendo loves this button. So, Kendo, you get to celebrate twice. Hey. Did you see that guy accidentally hit that moose with his car? No. Holy shit. Jamie, pull that video up. Folks, it's time to sound the alarm. We got one. You know, they say all men are created equal, but you look at me and you look at small Joe, and you can see that statement is not true. See, normally if you go one-on-one with another wrestler, you got a 50-50 chance of winning. But I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. So you got a 25% at best at beating me. And then you add Kurt Angle to the mix, your chances of winning drastically go down. See, the three-way at sacrifice you got a 33 and a third chance of winning. But I, I got a 66 and two-thirds chance of winning because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me and he's not even going to try. So, Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance and you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning if we used to go one-on-one and then add 66 and two-thirds percents. I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Joe, the numbers don't lie, 
and they spell disaster for you as sacrifice. So Georgian sends in that massive super chat. Thank you. He says, Coach Kendo, when will you and Razor Fist debate each other over who was the worst president, Abraham Lincoln or Woodrow Wilson? Razor argued in a super chat last week I made Woodrow Wilson copied Lincoln on many things, making Woodrow the inferior. Uh, well, that's not true. Wilson is far worse than Lincoln. I need to sit down and watch Razor Fist <clears throat> Lincoln video again because, I mean, I get where... Yes, Lincoln did some things like arresting people that were doing newspapers and things like that that disagreed with him and spoke out against him in the war effort. But I don't have as fervent of a dislike as Razor Fist does have towards Lincoln. So I'd have to like watch it again. And as for having a debate with him, I have zero free time to do anything like that. So for now, maybe in a few years. But or Kendall, uh, you're what? here every Thursday night. We'll just have him on the show and replace it that way. Okay, that could work, but I would also need to have time to prepare for this. Just give me give me like a month's advantage heads up, please. Oh, of course, it's not going to be anytime soon. We got our WrestleMania meetup. We got a couple other things to take care of, but yes, we'll make it happen. Okay. Uh, I would. Oh, here's the thing. I would just sit here off anything, just kind of run on the stream and just listen to the whole thing because that would be the best part for me. So. Okay. Um, thank you, Sejorjan, for your very generous, very massive super chat. We'll be in touch with our friend Razor Fist. Um, by the way, somebody in the chat was talking about Temple of Doom, and they said, um, uh, Temple of Doom, did Spielberg have a bad time in an Indian restaurant? I'm going to make Indian food into Fear Factor. Could you imagine an actual <laughs> Indian food Fear Factor? Yeah, it would just be a bunch of white people from, from the Midwest who don't know what flavor is, who are really excited about what they're tasting and smelling, and then all of a sudden eat it and then have to go to the bathroom 30 minutes later. That's all should it would Mindy, be. Should Mindy Kaling be the host? Yes. <laughs> 100%. God, it would be amazing. I couldn't, I wouldn't watch it because it's Mindy Kaling, but man, would that be fun. Now, up next, we had one uh, from our friend TLJ Screwjob says, Nick, stop trying to get back and breeze DMs. Listen, she needs me more, more than I need her, okay, right now. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but she's been real fucking quiet for a while now. Drop the taco, bro. Call her up. <laughs> Drop the taco, pick up the phone. All right? Fucking do it. Fuck no, I love that taco. <laughs> He's trying to slide into more than just her DMs, let's be honest here. <laughs> well, slippery one wet, so I can't blame Nick. TLJ Screwjob also says, Jeff, stop making out with Jesse. Dion, stop watching Dark Fate. Nick, stop DMing Bree. Kendo, stop watching Mother uh why why nice to jeff never make host mad <laughs> well i agree I, tlj screw job i haven't I watched mother since that time we had to watch it for patreon and i never intend to ever watch it again yeah i'm done with that never again i've never my body has never shut down in protest of a film but it did with mother i think darren aronofsky has created the cure for insomnia with that film <laughs> folks if you can't sleep just put on mother yeah the only problem is it, he may have cured insomnia but he found like the reverse cure for like depression and suicidal tendencies yeah but it's the first movie ever with the first female lead jennifer lawrence so it's not a big deal you got to give him a pass steve is here he says remember that time dion was the word of the day ninja lawyer farms remembers <laughs> um Links in the email. Thank you. Thank you, Ninja Lawyer Steve. Uh, John Thomas says, I honestly thought that McConaughey, I didn't realize that was Tom Cruise, and his performance was effing insanely good. Mm -hmm. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Everybody was great in that. 
<laughs> I do like McCaffrey, uh, McConaughey. Anytime the Packer. I can say the fr- yeah, the pecker. Anytime I can say the phrase, you make me happy, I'll go, you make me happy. Love you, buddy. And then hang up the phone. <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> God. Oh, uh, Modalicious, I I share your sentiment. Merp and derp, I'm upset about Tropic Thunder. Congratulations, you missed the joke that was addressed throughout the entire movie. You are now upset about a 15-year-old movie and missed a 15-year-old joke. <laughs> God, I can't believe it was 15 years old. Oh, shit. <laughs> I did i ever tell you guys the first time i saw it i actually watched it bootleg on the internet and i liked it so much i went out and saw it in theaters the next day <laughs> it was that good i was like I, look i love this movie i will pay to watch this and i went back so and i've owned it on every format subsequently i gotta get that 4k disc it's a great movie <laughs> i say that not because ben stiller is listening he might be he was what would walter mitty want to do well i know what he'd want to do it's a secret life. What are you talking about? Exactly. He's off uh, fly fishing and climbing he's mountains and shit. Contestants, okay? That's what he's doing. <laughs> uh, TLJ Screwjob, thank you very much. He says, New Jersey's your least favorite state? Try living here. Sad face. No, thanks. <laughs> no. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> I've been to the Newark airport a few times. Um, that was enough. When it cost me $25 for a pack of cigarettes, a bottle of Coke, and a sandwich, I was like, yeah, I have no desire to ever come back to this state. Yeah. Uh, Xavier to God says, fuck, marry, kill. MCU phases one through three. Well, that's easy. Marry one, fuck two, kill. Wait, shit. Three's got Marry uh, one, Infinity fuck War. three, kill two? Yeah, that's that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> that's correct. I'd have to sit down and look at the movies that were in each phase, but eh, I'll just go with that one for right now. Remember, the first phase is Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, Avengers, and Hulk. Like, it's a solid lineup. <sighs> Nah, Iron Man and the Avengers is a solid lineup, but oof. Phase first, three includes Captain. Yeah, Marvel. the first door. The first door wasn't bad. The first door. No, was, I, was, thought, okay. I thought the first door was fun. It yeah. was okay. Hulk was pretty good. Um, mm, was it though? It's better than the one before it. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like saying, "Oh, I didn't get hit by a car today. It's a good day." Well, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> Dixon Cider, thank you very much. The voice actor for One Punch Man and Venom from the 90s Spider-Man cartoon will be in Texas in April. Guess who's sending you some gifts later? Oh, Dixon Cider, thank you very much. That's awesome, still man. One of, still one of the best names out here. <laughs> um, If you... Ro- okay, so... Wait, you're going to meet Hank Azaria? Because Hank Azaria is the voice of Venom. Wait, was he on One, Pan- one Punch Man? I don't know. Cause he, I know him from The Simpsons, so. Maybe. Maybe somebody else did Venom from the 90s cartoon? Let's see. Nope. Hank I guess he didn't do it. Azaria, Texas uh, Convention. Let's see what we can find. Because, like, we won't play out Pooh anymore. I'm glad to see that's the first thing that pops up. Yeah, that's the most <laughs> important thing. I don't see anything on here. I think that guy's lying. Oh, I just, it might be a different voice actor. No, nah, he's just lying. <laughs> lying in wait. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Dixon Cider. We, uh, we have everything you've already sent. We have the, the ponies. We have the pictures. I sent the stuff to Dion. I gave it to him in person. Um, thank you, though. We appreciate everything, folks. TLJ Screwjob, thank you very much for your generous super chat. He says, the Indian food talk reminds me of a John Panette joke. You head to the bathroom and hear, ah, and think it's Indian music, but that's just the sound of flames shooting out of your ass. 
<laughs> Sounds about right for those for those who have never had it. You know, that's basically what happens. If Cali is the China of the West, then New Jersey is the Cali of the East. <laughs> this is TLJ Screwjob. <laughs> Thank you, TLJ Screwjob. I I okay. Yeah. Hey, I was just that's what TLJ Screwjob saying. I'm. I'll take his word for it. I don't want to spend that much time in the New Jersey. <laughs> John Thomas says, Kendo, you were one of, sorry, you were gone the other week. I watched a doc on Charles I of Austria and his secret negotiations with France, how different things could have been, and Italy torpedoed it over the port of Adriatic. Um, <clears throat> I'm assuming you're talking about World War One, Charles I. I guess that's Carl. So, um, yeah, uh, had they been able to make peace, it would have made things a lot different because then the Germans would have been standing alone. Um, Italy and World War One is a very strange bird. I think they played for both teams at one time. And I'm not talking about <laughs> in the fun way. And uh, yeah, um, a lot of bitterness. But yeah, if they could have made some kind of an agreement, then yeah, that could have definitely changed the trajectory of world war one it's going to end the same way regardless but i don't know i'd have to see that documentary and look into it a little bit more to give you my alternate history what could have probably or possibly happened type thing i'll check it out too i like history i like documentaries i like money <laughs> frito pendejo agrees uh, one more from our friend Ash Lockhart before we jump into our next segment. It says, I think the reason they fired Henry Cavill and wanted to start over for Superman is because they saw how well Ghostbusters Afterlife start over did. Well, this is a perfect topic because we're talking about Ghostbusters in a minute. Um, anybody want to start or you want me to go first? Hey, go ahead, man. So I, I think Ghostbusters Afterlife exists to save an existing franchise because Ghostbusters, I don't, the people on the internet don't realize it that like the movie, but the Ghostbusters 2016 movie hurt that brand. And Ghostbusters yeah. is the brand that's held together by chicken wire and tape and dental floss it's, and, and memories. See, we all remember it being great. We all love it. We have the original toys, the movies, all that stuff. The fan base is as strong as a Star Wars fan base. We love Ghostbusters. But the people, Sony, that handle the franchise, do it pretty poorly. And so when they went all in on that 2016 piece of shit it really damaged Ghostbusters to the point where it could go away. And you think, well, Ghostbusters went away? Uh, they don't make anything else. You don't realize Ghostbusters comes out every once in a while. They got comics that are pretty much in a regular rotation. They put out a game every couple years. They keep themselves around in the collector's market, and they keep them around in the collectible toy market that most people could get. So Ghostbusters might not have new movies, but Ghostbusters is a big property that has a lot of life. And that Ghostbusters Afterlife film was to fix that. Now, with... Um, Superman being recast, you would have to re... It would be like getting a movie to fix the Snyderverse and then continue on. I don't think there's anything... I don't think Superman has seen anything like Ghostbusters has seen because Superman has already had the luxury of multiple different versions on film. There are There is one Ghostbusters team, and it ain't those women. It's the four guys. And yes, we'll stick with four because it'll roll into tonight's topic. But... Uh, that's my take on it. It really is. They would only be rebooting Superman to continue the Snyderverse, but since they're not, I think it's something different. What do you guys think? 
Um, I, th- I, th- I, th- I think it's just they want a clean slate. They want new people. They, they want. To, they don't want to have anything associated with Snyder, because I mean, they gave him money for his cut, and then they told him to get the fuck out. And I think they really want to distance themselves from that whole Justice League thing and whatever he's done. So they're recasting, um, just so that nothing is of that last, the last, you know, gen- the last bit of whatever the hell he did was. So they just have total control over it. New person. New outlook, new way of doing things, new film style, new director, new filmmaker, everything. So this way that, you know, everything looks different from all the shit he did. They just want it to all be different and to all be cut, put under the rug and be like, hey, we're doing new stuff now. It's different. We swear it'll be better. You know, so that's really what I think it is. Well, whatever it is, Henry Cavill, his favorite football team won the Super Bowl not too long ago. So he's got that going for him. Um, Secondly, if they're going to do... It's DC, so let's not pretend that they have an idea of what they're doing. <laughs> so true. let's just go ahead and go with the fact that, yes, DC is going to go in a different direction. They have no plan. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. And we'll probably be talking about this in a couple of years when they put out a movie that just completely sucks. No. Did you hear about Shazam? It's I saw this headline. It's like Shazam projected to have the lowest box office opening ever of the DCEU. I'm like, man, what a great thing to read. Well, because like, like they've they've barely they've like I remember it was advertising a lot towards the end of the year, and once the year started, like it's just no, there's there's nothing nothing about it. It's like okay, it's gonna come out this day. Hopefully, go watch it. It's like oh shit, okay. I think they I think they wanted to do bad so they can bury it as well and not have to do any more Shazam movies. Shazam, which is weird because they could have they could have shit canned it. And put it on the shelf and just not, not put it out. But I guess it, like they were, it was already in schedule and they had ready to do everything worked out for it. So they had to um, had to had to do it, had to commit. So yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Fury of the Gods about as much as I'm looking forward to I don't know a nap. But you know, <laughs> I still want both things in my life. I don't know. Every time I see the trailer, it looks fun. It looks legitimately fun. I know. I'm just giving you. you know, shit. I like the first Shazam quite a bit. Yeah, no, it was. We're good actors. Um, yeah. There was a good sense of family. It was fun. That's rare these days. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was all around like a really fun movie. Um, I will. I don't know. I'll try to watch part two in, in theaters for sure, but I'm not guaranteeing anything. So. So, uh, Dr. Coffin Nails, I will actually read that one next because it'll be the perfect transition because we already got this up on screen. So, guys, we love the film Ghostbusters. It's kind of obvious. There's a comic mm-hmm. book parody we're working on that features us as Ghostbusters style characters called the Wokebusters. It's uh it's in production and it's pretty good. You guys should check yourselves out a copy, WokebustersComic.com. But we're not here to talk about the comic right now. What happened this week in the news was our old pal, one of our favorite Ghostbusters, kind of opened up to tell a little bit more about behind the scenes, what it was like to be the forgotten Ghostbuster, because Fans know, and everybody mostly knows these days, that there are four Ghostbusters. There's Dr. Peter Venkman, there's Dr. Raymond Stance, there's Dr. Egon Spangler, and there's Winston Zeddemore. He might not be a doctor, but uh, according to Kendo, he's the heart and soul of the Ghostbusters. And I agree, Winston is a wonderful character, and it turns out the people at Columbia Pictures didn't give a shit about Winston. Hard. Now, Kendo, Winston's your favorite Ghostbuster, correct? That would be correct, Jeff. What do you enjoy about Winston? just he he's the outsider he's us like you got you've got the you've got the scientist there and a kid screaming in the background but you've got the scientist and you know he 
his jokes are his jokes are you know the jokes that we'd make like you know when he's talking about the Twinkie and his response is that that's a big Twinkie yeah because it's like does he understand all of what just went into the the thing behind it probably not but he understands that's a big fucking Twinkie so <laughs> just stuff like that and the fact that he he walks in and he's there to he, if there's a if there's a steady paycheck in it I'll believe anything you say. That's that's us. That's every person in the history of the world that wasn't, you know, rich. It's like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever. Sure. I'm just here for the job. So he's the everyman. He is. Yeah. Like the heart and soul of the Ghostbusters. He's I don't really understand, know how to explain it in words that, you know, most people can understand because I don't even understand what I'm trying to say either right now. But, you know, Winston, he he's he, he's the backbone. He's the everyman. He he's. He's essentially the audience insert character done right. It's not Mindy Kaling putting herself in at Velma. It's the writers putting in this character that is the person that every fucking Joe six-pack watching this movie can relate to because that would be us in that situation. Bingo. That's how I feel about him, too. We don't have enough POV characters. Uh, you have Luke Skywalker. Well, no, Luke Skywalker's not a POV character. We have like Jubilee in the X-Men cartoon. There are a lot of great POV characters, and Winston's one of them. And I don't think we really take into account the importance of the POV character because that's how you have these great, iconic movies be so full of wonderful things because they don't sit and do boring exposition. There's one scene in Ghostbusters where they tell you how the trap works and when the light's off, you know, the, the trap's clean. Like, it's basic little shit like yeah. that. But Winston's yeah, 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 yeah because... That. um. Yeah, because Ray is teaching uh, Winston how to use the trap, and it's like and he's, and he's doing it in very simple terms. He's like, he's like, take the trap out, put the trap in the machine, <laughs> twist this, do this. Light is green and the trap is clean. Like it's it's all like he doesn't he, he doesn't he doesn't tell him how the trap doesn't tell him how the machine works, doesn't give any sort of scientific you know reasoning of why it do, why it does what it does. It just does what it does, and here's what you do to make sure said trap is clean. <clears throat> now Ernie Hudson is beloved by fans as Winston from the Ghostbusters, but it took the actor a decade to embrace the film. In a new interview, the veteran star opened up about the psychological effect of making that movie and what it had on him. Initially, he felt he was pushed aside. So it wasn't an easy road, Hudson told uh, Sirius on the Howard Stern show. The topic was brought up and when it was asked if Hudson... I'm sorry, the topic was brought up when Hudson was asked if Ghostbusters means a lot to him as the biggest role of his life. No, Hudson replied, explaining he was the guy who was brought in alongside big stars like Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis. So finding my place in the middle of that, and they were all welcoming and inclusive, but the studio wasn't, and the studio continued not to be. Hudson continued, So it made it very, very difficult because I was part of it, but then I very selectively was pushed aside. When the posters came out, I was not on the poster. It took a long time. I went to the 30th anniversary release of the movie, and all the posters are three guys. I know the fans see it differently, and I'm so thankful for the fans because the fans basically identified with Winston, especially young. I don't want to say minority kids, but a lot of kids. The 77-year-old star was told early on that if you get a major movie from a major studio, it'll change your career. Well, Ghostbusters didn't do any of that for me, he revealed. I was working pretty much nonstop. I did Ghostbusters, and it was two and a half years before I got another movie. Hudson noted that he's so thankful for his part in Ghostbusters and to be a part of the franchise. At one point, he called director Ivan Reitman a brilliant man, man whom I just have so much love and appreciation for. But it wasn't an easy road. Ghostbusters, I would say, was probably the most difficult movie I ever did, just because of the psychological perspective, he added. In the script, Hudson said his character Winston was introduced in the very beginning of the movie. By the time we got ready to shoot the movie, Winston came in halfway through the film. All of those things 
It, def it definitely felt deliberate. And I'm not trying to take it personally, he continued. Anything bad, if you're African-American in this country, uh, anything can happen to you and you place blame on it because you're black. I don't want to go there. Hudson concluded, I got nothing bad to say about anybody, but it was hard. And it was hard for a long time. And it took me probably 10 years to finally get sort of past that and just embrace the movie and enjoy the movie. It was very, Ghostbusters was very hard to make peace with. So, I've always questioned why Winston is not on the posters. I've mm -hmm. always commented, guys, we've talked about this for years. Folks, whenever I get the Blu-rays, uh, I was like, all right, there's just the Ghostbusters logo. I mentioned to you guys, Winston's not on the menu screen. They finally rectified it for the 4K release. But, like, I come at it from the perspective of it's a team. You don't put three of the X-Men on the cover. You put all the X-Men on the cover. If it's Spider-Man and his amazing friends, you have Spider-Man, Iceman, and Firestar. And to me, the Ghostbusters is a four-man crew. And I don't think it's... Maybe it was racially motivated in the 80s. Different time. We'll talk about that in a minute. But for me personally, I just don't... I try not to buy anything Ghostbusters It doesn't if it doesn't have all four guys. Not because I feel personally slighted because of the color of my skin. I There's four guys on the team. So oh, fuck is, it. If you don't put them all, yeah. I'm not buying it. No, I'm right there with you because, I mean, I remember going to the video store as a kid and they'd have, like, the posters up of all these movies and we're still talking about, like, 1989, 1990 and the Ghostbusters poster was always on there. And I always wondered, why isn't Winston on there? And then I would always, it would say, you know, like it's how it says, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver. And I'm just like, well, how come the other guys' names aren't on there? Because I always consider them just as big of a part of the movie as the other three. And it's just like, why is Harold Ramis not on there? Why? Why is Ernie Hudson not on there? Why? You know, that that's that's the team. That, that those are the stars of the movie. So, I've always been in that camp ever since I was a kid. Just of like, why isn't Winston on the poster? What you know? Why is those? Why is two two of the guys' names left off the poster? You know, stuff like that. So I get that. I mean, I didn't know about all the other behind the scenes bullshit that went with it too, but. I, I, Ernie Hudson doesn't strike me as the type of person that would be coming out and saying all these things now, trying to make it something that it's not. Because oh, what, would he, what would he have to gain by it, and why would he have waited until now? Especially as he's still a part of Ghostbusters. Like, right. He's in every one of the movies, including that shitty 2016 one. And <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife, to bounce off to that super chat from earlier, like, they brought him all back. And they, I don't think they really owed, like, in the film, the character of Winston makes sense because I feel Ernie Hudson. I understand what he's going through, but in a lot of the making ofs, they've talked about the script changes and how that was just a script change. Like, you know, they're, they're high on cocaine writing this fucking movie, making up jokes, yeah. going by the seat, flying by the seat of their pants, and then it, it shifts. It's in all these Ghostbusters making of books. They talk about the script rewrites and changes and how it sadly pushes Winston back. I think part of it has to do with when they thought they had Eddie Murphy in the role. So they wanted to feature Eddie Murphy early, but, you know, without him, he goes off and does Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. But also, like, when we, once again, we watch the movie and we, we know about deleted scenes and things like that. And if you take, if you change any any scene in that movie, you you disrupt the whole flow of it. And it's and it's it's perfection, basically. Um, yes, it does suck that he doesn't get, you know, get introduced but halfway through the movie. But... Um, his introduction is good because you have um, um, Annie Potts, you know, interviewing him and <laughs> giving him all these weird reasons to say no. And he's like, if it's got to say to Patrick, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything you say. Um, 
and he immediately meets the guys. I hand him like the fucking trap, and they're all like worn out, and they're ready to go back out again. Like they're covered in ectoplasm, and they're all smoking cigarettes and shit. Like, and he's just there to help, and he's trying to do you know the best he can. And like as Kendo said, you know, he's he's the everyman. He's he's our POV into this because you're around three scientists, and you can't very well do the POV with the secretary because she's part of it. It doesn't make sense. You have to have somebody coming in from the outside. Um, at this point to do it and it made sense in the movie because they're, they're they become so busy to where they need the help and they need maybe to divide into like you know two two groups of two and maybe tackle some other jobs so that you know it makes sense that way um i'm you know and 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 i think once again if, if we didn't have the way if if, if it, once again if the movie's not the way it is that we've seen it forever it it breaks perfection breaks the whole the whole Ghostbusters thing because of just how it is because the beats are there. The music is there. Everything is the way it should be. It's a great movie all the way through. Dude, you're preaching to the choir. It's top 10 favorite for me. Yeah. Watch it yeah. all the time. <laughs> I mean, I am, I am happy that like him, I guess basically kind of being a nobody and when he came upset, when he came upset, came on set, everybody was cool with him. That made me happy. I mean, like, cause usually if you're around seasoned people like this, I mean, sometimes I've always heard like, they're assholes to you, but at least like they were fucking cool to him and treated him like one, you know, one of the, one of the guys or whatever. And one of the, one of the regulars just kind of, you know, you know, did the job. So that's good. Well, I'm looking up his filmography real quick. Cause I'm just curious what, uh, Ernie Hudson's first, wait, crap. I clicked on director. He's not a director, no, but he's, he's been in a ton of stuff. I just was curious what his first, uh, his first acting gig was. Cause he had, uh, there we go. He had a decent career before Ghostbusters, right? That's all I wanted to check out. Um, have you been watching him in Quantum Leap, Nick? No, just because like I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not into once again. I'm not into re- remakes and things like that. So I. But how do you know I'm Scott Bakula goes that. home? <laughs> that's the way, dude. That's the way I would have written it. I would have written it as like um, somebody. You know, like some some kid or whatever, some 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 genius from MIT or whatever wants to revise the Quantum Leap project, and um, uh, what is it? They, they they get everything done, they update everything, they put all the new the new the new, the new uh, machines and everything in there, and you know, one of the kids goes in there and tries to become Sam and brings him out, and you have like maybe like a very heartfelt first pilot episode where like they find him and he's like, you know, you've done so many things over the years and and you so long and you've been doing this job too long time to get the fuck out and like maybe he tells him how long he's been in there and he's really surprised and like whenever he jumps him and the kids switch and then he's he's got to be sam now and he's got to help him get through this what like that would have been that would have been a great that would have been a great if they had done that i would have been on board from the beginning but no they didn't what if it's ant-man quantum leap mania or whatever it is <laughs> and ant-man goes and saves him if it's Paul Rudd doing that, I'm 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 on board definitely. Well, who if else Paul... would it be? Of course, it's gonna be Paul Rudd. He's, He's already a Ghostbuster, <laughs> well, by proxy. That's true. That's true. Uh, but no, if, he, if if it was him in the show or the movie or whatever, and like he's the one who does the revamp and gets and gets and gets Scott Bakula back or whatever, yeah. I'd be down for it immediately. That'd be great. Now I looked into Ernie Hudson's filmography. Ernie Hudson was predominantly a TV actor for about a decade, eight years. He was pretty busy. I mean, and he was in big TV shows too. He wasn't just in whatever. He was in stuff like Taxi, The Dukes of Hazard, The Incredible Hulk, uh, Roots. He played Muslim at the door. In, uh, Wait, Roots. he was in Roots? Yeah. Hmm. 
I don't recall Muslim at the door. I don't remember any Muslims at the door either during the the miniseries (laughs) Roots either. Well, I am not a a Roots enthusiast, but I okay, I've never seen it. I don't know. I know what it's about. I've seen it several times. Dude, I remember. I remember him. I don't remember Muslims at the door. And I remember him in in Congo in '95. Like Roots ends like the series, like the finale, the last like thing happens. It's like. 1900 ish or so so i don't think there'd been many muslims at the door in 1900 <laughs> you know ernie hudson's career really takes off in about 1994 because he's in ghostbusters one and two but i'm looking at his work it's mostly television shit like even though he's in a handful of movies he keeps going back to tv in between stuff i mean he's even in batman the animated series as a security guard so i get it you're already established you want to pick up some more well, on batman it's nothing but still he also like, he, he also he also plays a cop in um airheads he damn right he does he's o'malley yep. Yep. and the crow he's a cop yep yeah yeah and um harold ramus is um is is like the negotiator in that movie Yes, he is. I yep. keep forgetting because he looks way different in that one. He's also yeah, he a douchebag in that movie. Yeah, he, yeah, he does. I love, I love Harold Ramis. I was so bummed when he passed away. Oh man, so terrible. Uh, Kendo, I'm glad we uh, talked about your favorite Ghostbuster, Winston, tonight because, folks, in the comic Wokebusters, Kendo is our Winston character. Yay. He's our Winston surrogate. And see, folks, let me share the poster for the Wokebusters because we don't leave. We no Wokebuster gets left behind. Okay. So, folks, when you see the Wilkbusters in action, you will always see all four of us. Guys, when I'm working on the uh, book, there are times where I'm working on panels, and I'm like, shit, i got to remap this so it fits all four of us. Because, you know, admittedly, it's a lot easier to do trios in art, but uh, you got to represent the, everybody. So there's all the Wilkbusters in action. There's all four of us. Folks, make sure you guys go to WilkbustersComic.com right now to pick up a copy of this book. It's in production. It's... It's an epic. It's bigger than you can possibly imagine. There are monsters, big and small. They fly. They don't fly. There's, there's a lot of action in Wokebusters. They fly now. They fly now. <laughs> Nick almost well, to be dies fair. when he tries to fly on one of the monsters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, if like you would have put out the poster and it would have looked like the Ghostbusters poster, and I wouldn't have been on it, I would have not. I would have been like, oh, okay, I get it, because it's a copy of the original Ghostbusters. So like. I wouldn't have got all pissy, so there you go. You got that going for you. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I get what he's doing there. That, that's oh, the original God. Ghostbusters poster. They left fucking Winston off of it, too. Well, yeah. on this one right here, the action cover with the women or whatever, this is kind of a take on those poses, but I'm like, I got to fit Kendo in because there's no way I'm, I I just – I refuse to leave a Wokebuster behind. There's no studio at WCBS that likes, I don't know, half of us but not the other half. I'd be messed up. Dion should be on all movie posters, too. This isn't China. Mm. Do you guys want to do Chinese comic book releases where we just leave? They're just Kendo comics. (laughs) (laughs) We'll give you black hair and you'll just be, we'll call you American hero. And all you'll do is (laughs) you kidnap Harrison Ford and you fight monsters. American hero. It's all. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Also, also, Ernie was in the news. Ghostbusters game. Um, with the ending of the Afterlife movie, he's the one taking over and f- and um, using all of his money to uh, to make sure that you know Ghostbusters becomes a thing. And the move, I think the new movie is coming out supposed to come out this December, but I don't know about that. So I'm glad they gave 
Winston like the nod. He's the most successful Ghostbuster. He's got his billion dollar business, and he stayed friends with Janine all these years. I, you know what? In a way, Ghostbusters Afterlife even addresses that Winston and Janine are like second tier to the team, but they wrote him up, which is cool. Like, I wish other. I'll just say it like this. I wish the Disney Star Wars movies, sorry to bring them up. I wish the Disney Star Wars movies treated their characters the way the Ghostbusters Afterlife treated the old Ghostbusters. I was there fucking when when or um, when Egon shows up at the end in spiritual form or spectral form or whatever. That was awesome. There was no moment oh like that God, in Star dude. Wars. You couldn't and get I love, could lay on I, screen. I love that the person that stepped in to do that was uh, Ivan Reitman. Uh, when Jason, oh God, when, yeah. when, when, when Jason was, was uh, when his son was directing the movie. And uh, it was really sad to hear that I think a, little, a few months after that he passed away. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. that was he... extremely sad. Um, but you know, then they started releasing the pictures of both of them, like on on set and everything like that. It was wonderful to see. It really was. I wanted to get. They made an action figure of Ivan Reitman as a Ghostbuster, but they only made two of them. They gave one, I think, to his estate, and then the other one, probably given to somebody at Hasbro to sell off. But I'd love to have the fucking... Because he's like the last Ghostbuster. So, folks, if you ever know about getting customs made, let me know if you see a good Ivan Reitman custom. Oh, God, dude, that'd be... Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you could ask somebody on Etsy to do that, man. They, uh... Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a guy... What is it? Ghostbusters News. They always feature someone who makes uh, the Ghostbusters customs all the time. They'll feature someone from Etsy who does that. I'm sure you could ask them to do it. One of the you, Ghostbusters uh... podcasts reached out to us when Wokebusters was first... Uh, doing its thing and um the guy got sick and he's like oh, i'll get back with you and we just never were able to make a time work but you know we've been it's cool like ghostbusters the ghostbusters community is very cool i love when you go to the conventions and there's the ghostbusters of ohio and it's just people dressed up as ghostbusters and they take mm-hmm. donations for charity like oh yeah dude, how can you hate yeah. on ghostbusters yeah yeah definitely man uh but yeah they always got fun stuff in their boots they have the the giant life-size vigo the carpathian painting and everything <laughs> I wish, oh wait, never mind. I don't have to wish anything. Um, we're going to do one of these cons, guys. We'll go full Wokebusters gear just to go take pictures with the real Ghostbusters. And what we'll do to piss them off, Nick, is we'll say, we bought our packs, we didn't build them, and then we'll run off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'd be so mad. I mean, if any, anybody who builds our pack, I mean, good for you, man. That, that, takes, that takes a lot of fucking time and effort because... Yeah, it's it's not a joke. I've seen uh, I've seen kits. I've seen people who build them. Like you have to know soldering and wiring and programming and all the other kind of bullshit. You have to know some art. You have to know some art stuff about you know distressing paint and this that and the other and doing that whole thing. Like it's um, it's crazy. Holy shit! Yeah, the figure's going for twenty seven thousand dollars according Jeez, to members. Of Jesus. The show. Well, I'll just have to get three now, won't I? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't, know, I didn't know you were living in Champagne Wishes and Caviar Dreams, buddy. <laughs> um, all right, Robin Leach, calm down. I mean, all, all that that would be my dreams because I don't have enough money to buy one of those figures disposable at this point, let alone three. Oh, to be fair, um, they were auctioning it off for a children's hospital. Oh, okay. And it comes inside of a full-scale Tobin Spirit Guide. That's awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that is fucking awesome. <laughs> that's that's when fandom or when these companies get fandom right. Like this 
is awesome right here on screen. I would I would pay good Oh dude, if 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 they did the pre-order for that, I'd pay good money for it, man. I wouldn't donate $27,000 to a children's charity cuz I don't currently have that disposable $27,000, but I would love to buy one of these where the proceeds go to charity. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean that that'd be great. Um Oh man, yeah, just to own one, jeez. Be wonderful. I think what I would do is pro- this is probably sacrilegious to the collectors. I'd probably pop the head off Ivan Reitman and put it on a clothed body, and then I'd have the Ghostbusters standing there and Ivan Reitman directing them, like yelling at them or something. <laughs> I think that'd be funnier. You could find would... some 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 weird figure with this, you know, a suit on or whatever. <laughs> Just put his head on oh. that. I'll use an Agent Mobius figure from uh, there, Marvel Legends. There you go. <laughs> now, they got a Spielberg toy. Or sorry, they don't have a Spielberg toy. They got a George Lucas action figure. But if they ever made a Steven Spielberg toy, I'd buy it and do an Indiana Jones diorama. <laughs> where basically... Oh, no, I'd have, I'd have Steven Spielberg and George Lucas kick the shit out of Mutt Williams with a lightsaber. That's what <laughs> I'm sure you can get a Mutt Williams action figure for two bucks. You want me to look? <laughs> yes. Yes, please look. Uh, Nick... You can get a Mutt Williams action figure for as high as twenty four ninety nine, but they have oh, it for four ninety five on eBay. Yeah, uh, four ninety five sounds a little bit better. <laughs> That's a little pricey. I wouldn't spend five dollars. I mean, if, you, if you're going to make a cool diorama, five bucks is okay. <laughs> God, dude, I guess we're we've reached a point where they're now valuable because they're going up to twenty fifty dollars for some of them. That's crazy. Like, because there's a new Indiana Jones movie coming out. That's why they're valuable. Ah, man, that movie's gonna be a disappointment. It's just, um, just it's just a countdown to like you know it, it it's sucking basically. Yeah, I mean I'm not disagreeing with you at all. What do we got till the end of June or something? I have no idea. <laughs> I really mm-hmm. don't. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm what is it? I'm looking forward to Cocaine Bear coming out this weekend and John Wick coming out like next month or something. Like that's as far as my expectations for movies go. Dude, Cocaine Bear's going to be crazy. Yep. Folks, we're going to be playing the Cocaine Bear game a little later in tonight's show. Anything you guys, anything else you guys want to say about Ghostbusters before we move on to our other topics tonight? Um, if you haven't seen it, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. yeah I don't... Ghostbusters, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, there's a handful of movies that I... And I mean this respectfully to the audience, but like, I don't know how our audience hasn't seen that. That just is very foreign to me. Like, if you found us through other means, awesome. We want you to stick around, get in the community, have fun. I just, I don't know, man. Like, when our meetup coming up, I'm assuming everybody has seen Ghostbusters, so. Yeah, there's like, yeah, there's there's like the, the you know, the 80s checklist of movies that you have, to, that you, like, that, that are prerequisites, basically, you have to watch. Um, and Ghostbusters is one of them, because, I mean, like, yeah, it's, I don't know. There's, it it's 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 so iconic and been been around so for so long. Like, have you not seen it? There's there's not an excuse. Yeah, it's it's a household film at this time. Yeah, and especially nowadays where you have access to everything at your fingertips all at once, like you have no excuse literally to do not watch it. Clone Geek has never seen the Goonies. Well, Clone Geek, it was nice knowing you, buddy. Um, take care. I mean, I hadn't watched it forever until like five or six years ago. It's all right. Yeah, but you you, you had at least seen it once. That's fine. Oh yeah, I bought it on Blu-ray because Blu-ray was like, like Walmart for like six bucks. So I was just like, fuck it, I'll buy it. I'll sit down. And I'll watch it. And I watched it a few times. I like I don't go out of my way to watch it, but I've got nothing against the Goonies. It's a fine movie. Yeah, it's fun. 
Watched it the other day. Nick, oh, it's fun, mister. I traveled to Astoria, Oregon, and I put a bid on the fucking house and got outbid by that guy, and I'm still pissed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, what a a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You know my secret, goddammit. Well, the good thing is the guy who bought it is a fan, so I'm not mad. There is is one, I think we reported on this, uh, there's one Karen out there who... um, who put up a sign that says Goonies not welcome? And I was like, how the, f- like, why are you just, why are you bitter about this? What's going on? Oh man, Doctor Coffinell's in the chat is calling the Goonies overrated, sir. No, ouch, folks. What are some other famous movies that you haven't seen? I've never seen E.T. and I'm not gonna watch it at this point just I've because seen, I haven't I've seen, seen it. E.T. twice in my life, and twice I've been disappointed. Shawshank Redemption. Oh, that's a good movie though. Oh, I'm sure it is. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I get like the cultural like references and stuff to it, but I've never watched it. Fight Club, I've tried watching a few times. I can't get into it. Oh, I love. Did I watch Fight Club the other night? It was, it was so fucking good. I actually started reading the uh, the Fight Club two comics. That's they're they are so fucking weird. They are incredibly weird. Now. Before we lose our Ghostbusters topic, our friend and member of the channel, Joseph Bienowicz, sent me a message. And, uh, guys, did you know that Ernie Hudson was a Pokemon player? And he's in a documentary from 1999 about the card game? (laughs) That's awesome. I saw that that video clip the other day. (laughs) Um... When it comes to celebrity Pokemon players, you've likely heard of Ronda Rousey and Logan Paul's obsession, but another that may surprise you is Ghostbusters star Ernie Hudson, who at least, at the very least, once dabbled in the card-based game, even making an appearance in the 1999 documentary Insider's Guide to Pokemon Tournaments, being interviewed alongside his son, Andrew. The brief segment comes off with Ernie looking like an amazing father, supportive of his son, who is clearly the one with the real love of Pokemon. The actor talks about why, the, why players would want to build a unique deck and the positives of playing the game, which he admits makes it a great bonding experience. That's <laughs> awesome. I would love to play Pokemon with Ernie Hudson. Do you think he caught them all for his kid? Probably. I'm sure he had, he, he had the resources to catch them all. I caught them all back in the day, too. It was pricey, but I made it happen. I had everything except for the Charizard, but I didn't play the cards. I bought the cards and usually just sold them to the kids in the neighborhood because I had money and they and, to, and a job. They didn't, so it worked. I was like, I was like a fence for Pokemon cards. <laughs> I had to catch them all, and I did, but I never played a single card game. No, I didn't. I I didn't play then. I didn't play the magic cards. Never bought magic cards. I did play the Star Wars cards. They had a card game. I, I still have all those. And I, I, me and Brandon would go and play in tournaments and stuff like that. I think he ripped off some kid's Darth Vader once. So that's how I got a Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, my brother was into the Pokemon stuff real hard. I think his I think he's still got his, his his notebook or something somewhere. I never got into it. Um, I did play Magic like twice in my life, and that was it. I never got a deck or anything, so that was it. Um, yeah. When I go when I go back to Camp Kendo in a couple weeks, I'll dig those out, and I'm gonna find that Darth Vader. Because yeah, no, Brandon was playing against this kid that had like three Darth Vaders and was bragging about it, so he made sure that kid had one less Darth Vader. <laughs> I remember the you should for see. That card game. You, you should see how much they're worth, man. See if you can get some money off of them. Nah, the the story's too good because I'm sure the card's only worth maybe at most like if it's perfect condition like a couple hundred bucks, and I would much rather have that 
as like a trophy to, you know, 25 years ago when my friend stole some kid's Darth Vader card and they fucking, they went so far as to almost strip searching everybody in the fucking comic shop there to find the kid's Darth Vader. I think he hid it in his sock because we had to take our <laughs> shoes off and dump our shoes off. I'll have to ask him. When I see him in a couple weeks, oh we're going go to go to Storm and Crab. Like, hey, remember that time you stole that kid's Darth Vader? Where'd you hide it at again? In his butthole is where I put it. I mean, he might have keistered it. I don't know. He might have keistered it. It had, it had the fucking hard card cover and thing and everything. <laughs> oh, my God. the Force. And a powerful ally. Mo delicious. I got a shitload of pogs, too. My biggest regret in life is that I went out of town with my buddy, Sean, at about the same time that the OJ thing was going on, and we went to visit his grandparents out on the lake, and they had a bunch of pogs at this one shop, and they were OJ pogs, and I wanted to buy them, but I didn't, and I really, really fucking wish I had. Even today, I'm like, man, I should have bought those because it was like ten bucks for the whole set and a slammer, and the slammer had an orange in an electric chair. It said "Fry the Juice." Oh my! And. <laughs> The pogs were like his mug shot and a bunch of other things. And even at the time, I was like, OJ didn't do it. And even today, I'm like, OJ didn't do it, most likely. So I should have spent the 10 bucks, man. But no, nah, I want to cream another dumb shit. Well, one day, maybe. We'll find you a fucking pog. We'll no, find you an OJ pog one day. Out. I fucking love it. I just love how much you love OJ Simpson. <laughs> Look, I mean, the dude. Yeah, there it is. They've got them on. They've got them on eBay. I'm looking right now. <laughs> they can't. They can't be that much. They can't be that much. OJ, well, that's a slammer too. Let's. It's It's OJ with the bars, and it says OJ. It says slammer. So guess what? He's out of it now. Oh, dude, thirty bucks. Uh, OJ Pog Slammer guilty, not guilty, double sided, eight dollars. Hmm. Well, it, you know, it's a ten dollar investment in '95, and now it's uh, you know. Uh, what I'm, is I'm it? looking at it now. <laughs> it's hilarious. We had some really weird shit come out in the '90s. I never liked Pogs. I just never got the appeal of them. I thought they were cool to collect. I never really played them with anybody. I just because it was always like, well, you know, if you lose, you got to give up the pogs that you lost. And I'm like, fuck that. I ain't giving away yeah. these. I went and bought yeah. these. These are cool looking. Yeah, I wouldn't give away either. I pogs were. I had a handful of them because like everybody had pogs in the '90s. I had Power Rangers pogs from McDonald's, and I had Spider-Man pogs. Like my that was the one set I think <clears throat> I got. It was like a big based on the 94 cartoon and you know i had the apollo I, 13 ones that came from hardy's it was the tie the, the move the movie tie-in at hardy's was <clears throat> apollo 13 pogs and slammers and the saturn 5 rocket so there's i've got at somewhere back Holy in shit, Kendall, i have a miniature saturn 5 rocket that stands like a foot tall that you could keep your apollo 13 and other collectors pogs in. that's pretty fucking awesome Fuck, I need to, when I go back to Camp Kendo in a couple weeks, I got to clean out the garage and go through all my shit. Because <laughs> I've, I've probably got millions of dollars worth of gold. You probably do. You stuff. probably fucking do, man. <laughs> my cousin was cleaning out his, uh, his... He and his mom were moving into a new house. He went through his old stuff, and he found all of his Michael Jordan rookie cards and all this other shit. He priced it out. He's like, yeah, I got about $145,000 in this binder right here. I'm like, God Jesus damn. Christ. 
No, actually, according to this, the Apollo 13 Hardy's Pogs complete Pog set of all 20 plus the two slammers goes for eight dollars and fifty cents. Uh, let's see the Saturn V rocket. It's fourteen seventy five. So altogether, you can get the whole thing for about twenty five dollars. So no, not sitting on a gold mine, but goddamn, it looks cool. Hey, you, you don't know, man. You may you may find some other other things in there that are you know that are worth a little bit more. Who knows? Eh, doubt it. But you know what? I have it's it, it's it's a nostalgia gold mine. I can sit there and go, man, these are cool. I remember nineteen ninety five. Wait, do I? <laughs> Fuck ninety five. <laughs> Uh, what is it? Uh, like you said, Jeff, weird things during the '90s. Uh, they have Miss Cle- they have Miss Cleo uh, Miss Cleo cards that you can buy, and then hmm. Miss Cleo tarot cards you can also get a tarot card set that has like instructions and shit on it as well. We need to get those. We will. Uh, did you watch there, the Miss Cleo there, documentary? W- 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 yeah. No, once again. Oh no, I, I did. It was it was kind of one sided. It was really yeah. weird. It was. The only it was one who's ver- painter is a hero. Yeah, like they, yeah, they really didn't. I was just like, um, well, they painted her as a hero, and they also painted her as like her what she did. What she did was real, and I'm just like, no, she was a grifter. Yeah, the the documentary was really was very much one sided and very much just like, oh yeah, she's she's fucking real. She's a real thing. I'm like, are you sure? Well, I mean, she was a grifter, but I can't really be mad at people that are stupid enough to spend money on calling a psychic hotline. Oh, dude, and when when you heard from the people who worked there, who like when people would ask them, "Is Miss Clear there? Can I talk to her?" They would be they would like yell down the hallway. It's like, "Yeah, but are you, are you gonna be back in a second? All right. They're like, "Oh yeah, she's gonna use the bathroom, and then she'll be back, and we'll keep." And they would keep talking to people. And they just want to keep them on the line because that's that, that's how they would get charged. So, yeah. That's but again, like I said, it's if you're stupid enough to believe in psychics and dumb enough to believe in psychics that you're willing to call a hotline and part with your money, I have no sympathy. <laughs> Yeah, Next and... week, folks, we'll have our own psychic back, Mr. Cleo. <laughs> Call me now. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that, that documentary was uh, was surprisingly one-sided. Now it's kind of like, um, this feels weird. I was, I was, and I, I mean, it, it also felt kind of short as well. And I don't know. It was just odd. You could tell that it was, it was, it was done a certain way just to make, make her seem better than, better than what she was, you know? Yeah, weird. I got that vibe. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good to know the details and everything like that, and all the stuff that we you know that that happened to her and like what happened to her in the end and stuff like that. It was interesting to to um to find out, and like it seemed like the people that she was around a lot really loved her, but other than that, <laughs> you know, she wasn't the, she wasn't the best person in the world. No, and um, even the way she came up with came up with the character was it like some some like um improv improv class in LA or New York or something like that like it was weird and then she just kept kept dead persona up and that was it it was crazy. now uh, Darian 217 asks when are WCBS pogs coming out should we do those dude I yes we should do those like I already looked into it now you can do them in sets of 10 you can you can do them in sets of six carded sets all kinds of stuff I think we would have to do at least an initial set of the four of us, because, you know, we're not like the Ghostbusters. We're not going to leave Kendo off. And, uh, yeah, maybe we should look into this. Just have some fun. So Why not? You, you create the set that goes with Wokebusters. Oh, yeah. And then you can go back and create a Stealing Solo set. And then oh, you yeah. can create other random sets. And then you can just draw, seri- like, silly things and make them sets. 
And then you can also you also have them made like with the foil on them to make them like special. And did you guys ever have like the cops that drove around your neighborhood and they'd give you baseball cards? <laughs> what? Not in my neighborhood. <laughs> what fantasy fairy tale end did yeah. you get? Like, no, seriously. No, the police in the St. Louis area, like they would they would have St. Louis Cardinals like a special set of baseball cards. I guess it was part of like the outreach program of, you know, the cops are not bad people, which fuck where I grew up, like the cops never had anything to do. So like they would they would just just be on their patrol and they'd be driving down the street and you'd wave at them and they'd pull up and stop and you know, you could talk to them and they would have cards and you would try to flag down as many cops as you could. Oh really? Oh really? You don't you don't say Jeff, he was trying to flag down as many cops as he could. Because, well, no, because I feel like, like I feel like if we did that, uh, it was it was it would be a different experience there, Kenda. No, there's like 25 men on the Cardinals roster. Plus, you had to get the cover card and the manager. So, like, the cops didn't have like they would only have like you'd only get like Ray Langford. So it's like, fuck, I already saw that guy today. I don't need any more Ray Langford. <laughs> I need a fucking, you know, Tom Pagnazzi. So you'd just be like, you know. Oh shit, yeah, Brian Jordan, you got a Brian Jordan. So like we would be trading them with each other, but also like whenever the cop would come patrolling through the neighborhood, we would stop him and talk to him and ask him if he had any baseball cards. I've got a bunch of those somewhere too, like the, you know, St. Louis Metropolitan. Well, I mean, I I did not live in St. Louis Metropolitan area, but whatever. So like it wasn't Mayberry, it was Arnold, Missouri. So <laughs> I'm just seeing the comments in the chat. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> of you of you like describing this like fucking utopia of like cops being nice and giving you baseball cards. Yeah, it was great. And I mean I still remember the I know I remember the phone number for that place because there was this girl in seventh grade that really liked me that I didn't like her back and she wanted my phone numbers. So I gave her the Arnold Police Department phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, apparently, uh, Kendo had had the police number on speed dial. That's good to know. No, it's because things the went last, wrong. No, the last four digits were two, 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 two. So like, it was the city exchange plus that. So it was like really easy to fucking remember. But no, like we had those, and I don't remember where I was going with that. But like, we should do something like that. Like where people like if they see us at meetups, we'll have some. But they got to see us a bunch of times. To be able to well, get the we whole can set. do we can do the challenge coin thing. We can do the challenge coin thing. We can do that. Is that like where they try to eat it and make sure it doesn't like burn up their mouth? <laughs> there you go, Jeff. We could do one chip challenge chips, but like with our pictures on them. <laughs> no, the Who challenge wants to eat Dion's face. Oh god, no. The challenge coin thing is like something that like firemen and like I guess like you know cops do. Uh, where if you know you, 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 you if you pull it out and you got to have it, if you don't have it, then you know you're the one who pays for drinks or something like that. I think that's how that, that's how it works. Oh, we should have those. I'm, I'm on the website for them right now. Yeah, I think if, if anybody can confirm the, challenge, the the way the challenge coins work, I don't know. I'm spitballing over here. Um, it says, to recognize service members boost unit morale, give a sense of belonging. They have military, army, navy, air force, coast guard. Police. Oh, they have corporate. There we go. I was like, all right, I'm not going to parody the military, but no, because they have corporate America, including Microsoft, fuck it, we're in. Oh, they also have... They have custom bottle openers. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> there's something we need. Along, we need to make that a combo with the with the, with the beer glass. And because I'm not losing my fucking mind, I just found it. 1992 St. Louis Cardinals police team issued Joe Joe Torrey. He was the manager. So that that these existed. The cops had these. 
You can we're get not, the cards. We're not. We're not. Dis- we're not disputing the existence of of the of the uh, of the cards. We're we're laughing yeah. at the fact here's that here's 1993. You're... Rod Brewer. I don't even fucking remember him. 1994. <laughs> Rene Arocha. I don't fucking remember him playing for the Cardinals either. But yeah, no, those are those were yeah police cards. Yeah, they had those. It was awesome. Anybody that grew up in the St. Louis area in the 90s, you. you well, depending on where you grew up at, because I'm sure the waving cops asking for baseball cards might not have worked in certain parts of St. Louis. Well, <laughs> it wasn't just St. Louis, though, Kendo. Um, the Dodgers had them. See? I'm looking at it right here. Dodgers police baseball card, number 15. Dave Hansen. Um, yeah, it says this card comes in, comes to you as a gift from your friends at the Los Angeles Police Department in Dare, <laughs> California. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, um, I don't I don't think they got those cards in Compton. I mean, they're I'm sure they there, did, so. but I highly doubt that. I mean, they might have been giving them out to certain parts of Compton, just you know, not the boys in the hood part. <laughs> That's an interesting song. Oh man. <laughs> All right, so I guess we are gonna do pogs. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, Real. We should do the. We, we should do the police cards too. Be like, here, local police department, <laughs> hand these out to people you see, and you're gonna have some kid Duluth, Minnesota, going, "Who the fuck is Kendo?" and throws it. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be your biggest fan. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, I just, I want to do a skit where we're living in this utopia where kids are going up to cops and they're handing them baseball cards. Here you go, son. <laughs> hey, Timmy, have a great time at this weekend's game. And he hands him hey. a fucking baseball card. Can I say, I grew up in a place where the most violent crime that happened was some dude got shot at his smoke shop by another dude that they were disputing with. And that was about it. I, I, I think there was like two murders in the history of that town ever. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah, safety first. Yeah, well, it's not that nice anymore, Nick. I'll just let you know the little <laughs> suburb I grew up in has become a bit of a crime haven. It's because you left. That's why. All right. That's that's the fucking problem. You left, not, and it, and it seems to become this 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 wonderful utopia you you speak of. There, there's a few other reasons why that happened. I'm not going to get into them right now, but let's just say people of a lower socioeconomic status have moved into that area in droves, and they're clashing with immigrants from a balkan region that moved into that region and grove or droves oh really so, okay yeah we were the first stop on the other side of the river from st louis county so like it, it's like oh we got to get away from all this tr- crime we're gonna move here and continue to act criminal so it's like whatever fox high school rules <laughs> i prefer nib high myself but yeah yeah well fox high school was the home of the wallace racing family well, mid-high footballs, they rule, so. That's true. San Dimas is a better football team, but I digress. San mm-hmm. Dimas is way better. <laughs> um, but but I'm, I'm kind of partial to Hill Valley, but that's just me. Yeah. You know, what what is the name of the school? Like, I know it's Hill Valley High, but like, do they have like a team name? I don't Bulldogs. know, but the high school burned down several um, years ago, Jeff. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's Bulldogs because you see it like way in the background of Part yep, one, whenever they're, right, sir. yeah, whenever they're um, going through, and they see the chain chain under sea dance poster. So, yeah, I completely forgot. I'm glad you remembered that because I had to pull. Yeah, I don't know where I fucking remember that. Yeah, fucking bulldogs, Jesus. <laughs> we're uh, we're the pinheads. <laughs> Did According I ever tell you this, the bulldogs were playing the Indians in that poster? Yeah, 
I didn't realize poster that from, yeah, a poster in 1955 promoted an upcoming football game between the Bulldogs and the Indians, and George had a notebook with a Bulldogs logo on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you go. Do you know what was on Doc Brown's notebook? Uh, no. no. Gremlins. Hmm. It was only noticeable in the 4K release, but if you look closely, that little notebook he has that he writes in in the movie is a Gremlins notebook. Weird little uh, emblem crossover. That's funny. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, it was uh, Gremlins was, was shot in the same town. Well, same setting, yeah. anyways. Now, Kendo, would you yeah. care to pick a number so we can check in with the audience? Oh, let's go ahead and go with number 57. Number 57, he got Cry me a river, dick face. And one more since that was short. You fucking mark! I mean, I think both of those were personal attacks and completely uncalled for, but whatever. <laughs> Fine, here's another one. Son, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass! <laughs> <laughs> Mary Seller. I'm watching that this weekend. As soon as I get home, that's the first time I'm going to put on. No, I'm going to watch Fenguli. Then I'll watch that. Ah, oh, that's a good. Are you watch Fenguli? I fucking love Fenguli. That's one thing I miss about living out here is I don't have access to MeTV because our aerial over the air doesn't work so well because there's a metal roof on this house. And um, dude, just turn I the whole metal roof into an antenna. You'd be fine. <sighs> that's not a bad idea, actually. Now yeah. that you mention it. Yeah, it'll just be one giant antenna. There you go. But yeah, like I don't have I don't have access to <laughs> me TV, so I haven't gotten to watch Spinguli for a while. And the last time I was at home, we weren't gonna watch Spinguli because it was an old movie and it looked dumb. I'm like, that's the point. <laughs> well, I won't comment on that. But I will say that Spinguli was at our first con. We could have went and all met him. Oh shit, we should have. We were just drunk. <laughs> Jesus Christ, cat. Uh, folks, if you want to know the next con WCBS will be at. Well, for sure, we are at the Cincinnati Comic Expo. So come and hang out with us in September. I will be there. I will have Wokebusters there. I will have Stealing Solo there. I'll have tons of art and prints. I'll be doing new... I am doing new prints right now. I'll bring some of the classic posters. The big 24 by 36 Jason versus Freddy poster will be there. And a whole lot more. But most importantly, come hang out with us. Get We should have our challenge coins by then. So come by the table and pick <laughs> up one. We'll have our WCVS Pogs there too. Uh, see, folks, I've never actually had the opportunity to work an artist table with the channel because it's usually been, oh, we're hanging out, we're meeting fans, we're having beer. That's the reality. We're drunk. But, you know, the Cincinnati Comic Expo is a fun show. It's a little different. I've worked it many times before. Nick and I have been there together. Oh, yeah. But first I time, wanted to... First time I met your mom there. Yeah. That was a lot of fun, man. She loves those cons. Um, oh, yeah. It's like she always comes to see the table. She's like, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Because, oh, you know, she'd watch me up in the in my room drawing all this shit. So it's like, oh, I'm so... Like, she would be excited, too, because it's like, oh, Mom, it's back from the printer. So I'd show her the prints as they... Because I had a guy. Back then, I refused to go to FedEx because they couldn't get the black right. So I had this guy print them for me. And it was, you know, it was what it was. But, man, they were awesome to get back. It was always exciting. Wow. So there's this thing called Fernley... It's like friendly, but they left the vowels out for some reason. Mm-hmm. And you can watch Svenguli on there. Nice. For eight ninety nine a month, you get live TV and on-demand HD video. Watch on two screens at once. Unlimited DVR. Keep recordings for up to three months. It works on Roku's. And it comes with like A&E, History Channel, uh, 
me tv does it come with antenna tv because that would be fucking sweet but there's a bunch of like little channels you can get and sven Gooley is available on there so i might have to do that because i miss sven well yeah man uh do it in t- well hope, hopefully it works you know the way they advertise that's that's the main thing and if it's on demand, I can just sit back and just watch all sorts of fucking Svengoolies because I haven't gotten to see Svengoolie in like a year. Nice. It yeah, he sucks. was on. He was on um, the last driving with Joe Bob. I think last season or something. He did. Uh, he did. He was there there during one of the. I think the second movie or whatever. Yeah, it was. It was on there, talking about being a horror host and um, and all that stuff. It's fun. Now Ray Lucard in the chat says maybe Buffalo Jeff can host a late night creature feature. <laughs> do you want to do it for this coming October? Like, we'll, if you pay, oh my god! What we um, should do is get a couple copyright free movies that you can show on YouTube and do a whole thing. It would we could we could film it now and just fucking have it ready for then. But it wouldn't take very much to get your old pal Buffalo Jeff back. To uh, no, I I pretty films. much I pretty much know how how uh, Last Driving does it. It's not it's not it's not ridiculous. It's not ridiculously hard. It's just like once well, we'd have to just kind of like broadcast it as one whole thing as it goes through. That's kind of how they do it. And um yeah, that's it. That's all it would be. Well, let's do it this October. Uh let's let's see. Dixon Sider did ask though, did you watch Princess Bride yet? Dude, I've seen that movie dozens of times. Love it. I have and not. Have... Fessick is sitting in the living room overlooking everything. So thank you. Now, Dr. Coffin Nails had sent in a message to Kendo. I was just wondering, or she is, it was just Washington's birthday. How do you rate George as a president? Also, have you seen the recent miniseries about him? I have not seen the recent miniseries about him. I was unaware that there was a miniseries about him, but I, I could definitely add that to the list of, you know, shit that I need to get around to watching someday. Um, <laughs> but yes, so week. just tell me what it's called. And as for Washington, he is an S-tier president, man. He's at the very tippity tippity toppity top top. Unless it's the George Washington from the DLC for Assassin's Creed 3, in which case he's a prick. So. <laughs> Luckily, is he just mean? Or is well, he like effective? The DLC is the tyranny of King George. So uh... you help the colonists the colonials win your independence by killing the templars who happen to be british it's funny how that works and um then george washington becomes like a tyrant so uh that's in the dlc but no no george washington he's probably he's up there at the top i mean i mean here's he's a reason why he's on mount rushmore he's on the one dollar bill he's on the quarter and he's thought of very very highly by everybody that isn't some fucking woke moron that you know washington was pretty much the best we had he set the precedent the bar was set really high with him and uh yeah g-dub top of the top of the pops g-dub into house now ash lockhart again thank you very much for your generous super chat he says do you think the executives look at the source material even if they make choices not to use it when the final choices are made that's what i really want to know now ash i'm reading a book about the production of a very famous show that is based on something and it talks about executives and how the behind the scenes stuff work yes there is some truth to that also too i'm i live close to somebody who works at a studio like a studio studio not like a theme park fucking studio so i hear how things work i know how things work there's a level it's like it is the executive problem because the writing people 
write these scripts, or the writing people get the scripts, they're into it, they all want to make these classic great movies, but the corporate people that are in advertising are all younger, and they want to put this crap based on social media in the movies. And so that's that's where it goes. And then other things are rushes, bad actors with bad attitudes, having personality things. Like, there's a lot of things that go into these movies that make them suck. But they do look at source material. The people that write these things at a low... Like, the, the lowest level person on the movie's creativity or creation, they all care about that crap. It's the upper tier people that look at, like... Should we really put Superman in trunks? Would that sell? Should we really do this? Would that sell? Those are the upper people that fuck up everything. But uh, yeah, and it, yeah, and 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 I've heard the people who are in who are in marketing who are all like twenty somethings out of college. Um, they're the ones who are like also fucking it up because they're looking at social media and being like, oh, we shouldn't do this. This is this is you know not cool. You know we're gonna we're gonna cancel for this or whatever. But they're too young to know <clears throat> what is good and what isn't. They're the ones who are just like watching tiktoks and never seen a good tv show in their fucking lives so now tlj screwed up since in a great message i love how ernie points out the fans embrace him yes we do mm-hmm. um uh, i mean they're they're four ghostbusters why wouldn't you embrace them oh no what he's trying to what he's trying to say though is a lot of studio or a lot of actors will shit on fans they'll complain about their politics this and that ernie hudson what he's saying is ernie hudson is pro fan so oh yeah, yeah, yeah. happy to hear an actor so say you know thank you to everybody you gave me everything i have type of thing instead of you know alec baldwin i didn't do it well no um whenever you see ernie at a convention he's always got a line always a massive line of people to see him uh whenever day and he'll stay there till the end till the last person gets their gets to talk to him and get their signature or whatever uh and he's yeah he's a real cool dude man he's awesome he's great i'm, I'm I'm conflicted if I should tell this story because it's about Ernie Hudson and it, it paints him in a good light, but not as the hero of the story. Another Ghostbusters actor is the hero. Should I tell it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so so I'm at Horror Hound in 2011 and it's like literally the like final minutes. The actors are still all in the room. This is back when it's at the hotel, Nick. And Ernie Hudson is okay. by himself, no line, no nothing. And I'm like getting ready to walk out. I'm like, oh man, Ghostbusters, this and that. It was so cool. And he was very friendly. But you could tell he only wanted to interact with you if you were going to buy something. And I was like, all right. So I was very polite. And I was like, I really didn't want to buy anything because I already own Ghostbusters. I already own the shit. Like, there's nothing from him I could get besides like an autographed picture. And I didn't bring the movie. But as I'm walking out, fucking Walter Peck, Bill. Oh, wow. I can't believe I forgot his name. I almost called him Bill Forsythe. No, but uh, the guy, who, William Atherton. William Atherton was in the same room. And I said literally the, the same thing to him about his character. Actually, I take that back. I said to him, I know this is meant to be, I hope this is meant to be a compliment. You play the best asshole in the world. And he looked at me for a second and he smiled and said, thanks. Because I was talking about Die Hard and all this shit. But that dude came out from the table, shook my hands, like, please call me Bill. Couldn't have been fucking nicer. Like, I, I, he actually ruined movies for me because every time I watch Die Hard 2, I think Holly McClain is a little too shitty to Dick Thornburn. I was like, you shouldn't have tased him. He's just doing his job. So yeah. I like William Atherton a lot. <laughs> I wish, <clears throat> I wish I did. You, oh man, I'd, I'd, I'd love to do an interview with that guy about all those movies. God, um, but uh, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's as, as far as I can remember, always played an asshole. Real geniuses, Die Hard, Biodome, uh, Ghostbusters. I mean, I'm sure there's a few more as well, but like always been an asshole. I don't think I've ever seen him in a role where he's like been a decent human being or a nice or a particularly nice guy 
Uh, but no, I would love, dude. I'd love to do an interview with him for like thirty minutes and ask him about that shit. It's like, why are you always like just the asshole? But he does such a great job. He does an amazing job. He commits one hundred percent. If we were interviewing him, the question I would ask him is, where would Dick Thornburg from Die Hard fit in today's social media landscape? Mm, because the guy be was already hungry for attention. I couldn't imagine the Dick Thornburg show in the modern world. He'd probably be like a Don Lemon. Yeah, something like that. Wow. Or, uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, little Brian Stelter. <laughs> we should see if we could... How, how amazing would it be if we could get William Atherton to, re- to create the, uh, like, a, an asshole report style show where he... It's like, uh, like that. I would watch that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'd tune in every week. You know, you well, I think I think what would, what would happen is that he would okay. Let's. I, I would. I'm speculating here. At some point, he would leave mainstream news media because he'd be too much of an asshole and they wouldn't like him anymore. So he'd make his own YouTube channel and his own his own podcast and kind of go things do things his own way. Oh, sorry, Nick. I just saw this chat about how Ernie Hudson and Keith David need to be in a buddy cop movie. I think we should play. We should make a movie. Dear God, Dion. yes. Hold on a second. It's a buddy cop movie starring Dion with these guys where Dion's a new guy on the force and he doesn't know which one of these guys. <laughs> I don't know if he messed up to make one of them his dad or some shit. Because oh how awesome would it be? Like Ernie Hudson or Keith well, here's the, figure out like okay, my dad's here's got the, a cool voice or he's awesome. You, well, no, no. You joke about one of them being said. Here's the funny thing. Both those guys have been on the show Psych, um, which I love. And both of them have played uh, – there's, there's a guy named um, – there's Sean and Gus. Gus is the Gus is the black guy. Both of them yeah. played Gus's dad. Ha. It's it, it's it's fucking hilarious because because uh, <laughs> Ernie Hudson plays him when they're when when him and his when Gus's mom and dad are getting arrested for like supposedly killing a neighbor, and then Keith plays him when um, his dad doesn't have a job but he's just going out to go watch movies and stuff, and um, he finds and it's around Christmas and he finds out Sean banged banged his sister. <laughs> But yeah, they, they've both played his dad, and 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 have joked, and I was like, we need Tony Todd in there to play his dad for a third time. Oh, dude, sign me up for that. Yeah, we need Tony Todd in there just to be like the the third famous black actor to play to play his dad. It would be wonderful. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We 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 may get a psych a psych movie four or something like that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. If they do more psych, they got to get Tears for Fears back into it. Dude, I, I loved the last season because, like, they went off the rails in, like, the best way possible. They were just doing random shit. They were doing, like, the Hangover episode where it was hilarious. Um, they redid one of their first season episodes just because they could. They did the Clue episode. Uh, the one with um, Bruce Campbell with Tears with, uh, with with the guy from Tears for Fears in there was a good one. It's very, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. They went... They, they pretty much, like, hit their peak and were just like, oh, we have... We have carte blanche. We can do whatever the fuck we want, and they did, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I, as a Tears for Fears fan, it makes me like the show even more. Yeah, I oh, do. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 a great show. Um, and one of the best things is that like there is like an overarching narrative between all of them, but you can literally pick. You can literally watch any episode anytime, anytime, and understand what's going on. Good old U. I mean, USA has a lot of shit shows, but it has some decent shows. And yeah, around probably their best. Yeah, around that time they had a they had a good they had they had uh, they had Monk they had Psych, they had what the fuck was it the the spy show Burning something. 
They also had WWE Raw. That was WWE their Raw. Yeah, actually, show. funny, funny you mentioned that WWE when when WWE was a part of it, you had um, you had wrestlers come into the psych to the show Psych. Um, John Cena is one of them. He plays um, Juliet's brother in one of the episodes, and I think in the Dream episode I just mentioned, you have the Bella twins in there as well, who kind of like taunt taunt Gus. Dude, I pulled it up just because Psych has its own wrestling reference wiki page. <laughs> yes. Um, here are the wrestlers that appeared real quick. Mickey James, John Cena, Stacey Keebler, yep. The Miz, The Big mm-hmm. Show, The Bella Twins, and Ashley Flair, a.k.a. Charlotte Flair. Yeah, The Big Show is in the found footage episode that's actually really funny because he plays a guy who's just kind of in, who's like tired of society and is in the woods. And it's a really, really well done found footage episode because I don't think they ever mess up the idea of like where the camera is because you always know where the camera is kind of thing. So they kind of cover their ass in that aspect. It's really fun. Uh, I think I was at the Royal Rumble when they filmed some stuff with the guys from Psych. So I'm pretty sure I've seen them in person. Yeah, I think I think that they, they had an onstage thing as well whenever they were doing the oh, show. Dude. Burn Notice. Thank you. Thank you, Hank. That PP. was my Burn show notice. right there. Burn Notice. Dude, Burn Notice was good. Uh, yeah, they, they had a bunch of like really fun, like really fun shows. Um, I think Blue Collar was one of them as well. That was kind of kind of interesting. Suits was pretty good. Um, was it Mr. Yeah, they, Robot on USA? I don't know. With Randy Malik, I thought that was like a big deal. I think it was. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, for, for a while. But yeah, just just so you know, if if you have if you have uh, Peacock, uh, all the psych episodes are on there. I know what I'm going to do later. Yeah. I'm sleep. But I might Maybe. watch some psych. <laughs> I finally well, finished that 90 show. Okay. Well, I mean, I think I, I honestly think you'll love psych because it's it's incredibly funny and there's a bunch of 80s movies references all the time in in the show like so you'll love it. I've seen the episode where they do the sing-off is Michael Jackson and uh Holland Oates or whatever. Oh god. Okay, that's the episode with uh, with Tim Curry where they do like um America's <gasps> Got Talent. Yeah, and Tim Curry is incredibly fucking hilarious in that episode. He does so good as like Simon from uh, you know, uh, from from the from whatever fucking show it is. Simon Cal. Um, yeah, Simon Cal. He plays basically plays Simon Cal's character, um, and it's it's and it's wonderful. He does such a good job of being like a literal asshole. It's great. Have you seen the new documentary about it? The making of it. No, but I heard no. that uh, the prequel of it has gotten green lit. So. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, well, they're, you watch uh, they're... the documentary because Tim Curry's in it. Ooh, I might do that. Yeah, yeah. In case anybody hasn't noticed, I'm a giant Psych fan. Um, I can name all the episodes where all these people have been in them. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> well, it's not because the episode I also remember is the one with Thomas F. Wilson. He plays it's Biff, but he plays like some douchey guy. Is he is he is he a dad in that one or something else? Yeah, I think he's a dad. Um, there's also um the one with um. The guys from what is it? Uh, the, the the was it Karate Kid? Um, they they have they have a couple episodes apart from each other. They're not both in the same one, but they're they're apart from each other. Uh, we just received an email with some Dion posters that we're gonna share, but well, we're gonna share because yeah. Dion's not here tonight, and it's gonna yeah. be funny. But yeah, Christopher Lloyd's in one of them because it's uh, he's he's in the Clue remake, basically. Of the of Psych. Of psych, yeah. Oh, okay. I was just like, wait a second. They're remaking Clue. Sorry, you. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard. 
I've heard they're remaking Clue and it's going to be done by or or Ryan Reynolds is going to be a part of it. Either he's doing it or he's a part of it or both. Why? Um, I don't know because they're void of fucking ideas, Jeff. It's Hollywood. You know this. That I do know. The thing is, I like Ryan Reynolds, but realistically, what is he going to add to Clue? It's great as it is. Like one hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. It's I. I feel. I feel it's like Ghostbusters, where like the editing is so well done, the pacing is well done. Like you can't break it in any way, and to re and just to remake it, just as like it's trying to catch lightning in a bottle again and trying to get you know that perfect that perfectness back, and it's like you're not going to. You're just going to um, try to you know. You're just gonna, you know, make your own shitty remake of it, basically. So now this is a great message that comes from Darian two one seven. It says, "My mom has my Winston original action figure from the original set. She kept it as a memento from my childhood. Same as Kendo. My favorite Ghostbuster is also Winston. Where's Dion tonight? Rogan Moose, please. He's in transit. He was supposed yeah. to be here tonight, folks, but his flight took a little longer for him to get down to Florida, and so he was not able to make it. But he'll be back next week, and uh, he's okay." He's alive and well and kicking. Unlike the moose, well, the moose is alive, but let you let us press that button for you right now, and we'll see if the moose gets back up after it gets hit by the car. Did you see that? Did you see that guy accidentally hit that moose with his car? No. Holy shit, Jamie, pull that video up. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> All right, so uh, we got that dead moose out the way. Now, fuck, Mary kill. Um, the new Halloween trilogy, the new Star Wars trilogy, or the Jurassic Park trilogies? Oh, I'll marry the Jurassic Park ones, I'll fuck the Halloween ones, and I'll kill the Star Wars ones. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's how I'll go too, man. I can't. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Um, yeah. Uh, TLJ Screwjob says, no Kendo, or no kneeling cops where you grew up, Kendo? No, no, definitely not. Darian217 says, Kendo lived in a real-life utopia, while I only live on a street called Utopia. Terminator biker plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you drove 15 minutes up Highway 141, there was a not-so-nice neighborhood called Shangri-La. Huh. Why are, why are always the not-so-nice neighborhoods called Shangri-La? Because it's ironic as shit, I guess. I know, it's fucking uh, it's terrible. We have a street by us called Error Place back in Cincinnati. It's just a street sign with no street. It's actually an error with the city. They named it that. That's funny. Yeah, I love it. I, I'll take a picture of the sign for you next time. Um, Ninja Lawyer Steve is a... Oh, wait. We have the Terminator Biker button to press right about now. He is no more. He ceases to be. Up next, we had Ninja Lawyer Steve. This is Don't Forget Those Dion Posters. I won't. And Kendo. Adams, not Quincy. Madison Monroe from TLJ Screwjob. What about him? Uh, I guess it's Fuck, Mary Kill since uh, he sent well, another one, too. Dudes that have been dead for a long time. <laughs> uh, so, okay. How about this? Um, elect, reject, and not put on the ballot. So... I would elect Maz. No, oh shit, Monroe. God damn it. Um, 
No to Adams because he was a fucking Tory. And so we'll leave that off there. Uh, so kill Adams. Reject Madison. Elect Monroe. It's tough. Madison and Monroe both were very good. One more. Taft, Arthur, and Hayes. Fuck, none of them were any good. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll completely dump Hayes because he was only elected through a compromise with Congress to break the deadlock of the electoral or the electoral college with Tilden. Um, he's also the first president to receive a phone call or receive a phone call. So there's that. Um, so we'll, re- we'll dump Hayes, reject Carter, and I guess elect Taft. I mean, it's hard. If he would have done what Teddy, Ro- yeah, Teddy Roosevelt should just ran again. That would have solved so many fucking problems. We would have never had Woodrow Wilson as for starter. And I, I digress. Um, what do you think about Thomas Jefferson? Ask our member Clune Geek. Thomas Jefferson. So he gets a bad rap because he was a slave banger. But then again, I mean, who who wasn't? So yes, okay. So here's the thing: we cannot. We're trying to judge historical figures based on 2023 now woke values and virtues, and you cannot do that. You cannot judge people from another time period based on the fucking mores of your current time period. Because everybody's going to look like a fucking scumbag. Even the people that are like the biggest crusaders nowadays for happiness and everything's so wonderful, they're going to look like a bunch of pieces of shit in about 50, 60 years anyway. So leave out all the negatives about Jefferson. He, I mean, I, I liked what he stood for with the whole, um, you know, small, limited government and everything like that. And he was kind of an anti federalist. He expanded the shit out of the country with the Louisiana Purchase. And overall, he did a pretty good job with the country. I can't think of any real major bullshit that happened with him. I'd have to look into it. So, yeah, if, if I – okay, so I'm going to pl- – I'm planning on doing one of those presidential tier ranker thing video dealies. And spoiler alert, Jefferson's getting at least a B, maybe even an A. There you go, folks. There's a little bit of a teaser of what you can expect in the future from WCBS. Ninja Lawyer Steve, thank you. We're all caught up on our messages. Nick, uh, what did you have? This this month is February, which is Black (laughs) History Month. And we're here to celebrate, right? We're going to talk about nothing. Folks, one of the things that we have enjoyed here on this channel is movies. We all love movies. But there's a very special type of film, the Blaxploitation film. It's grindhouse meets whatever the hell you want to call it. There's nothing like a black exploitation pick. And Nick, you are a huge enthusiast of the black exploitation film, correct? Yeah, which is really odd when you think about who I am and where and where 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 I was, you know, where I was uh, where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> it's really awkward to think that like I'm a I'm a big I'm a big enthusiast plus I know about a lot of a lot of those movies as well, which is just, you know, odd odd in general. But yeah, I I love them. I think they're great. Um they were a great um era of film in, in American history. Um, they were wild. They were crazy. It was during, like, it was still during that time where um, you could probably pay a theater to watch, to play whatever movie you wanted. As long as you had enough money to, it was fine. Um, there wasn't a lot of ownership between the theaters yet, but, I mean, you could still do it. So, I mean, you could, you know, want to have, have a lot of have a lot of things like that. But, yeah, it was a, it was a fun time, you know. 
But let's see. Uh, black exploitation films. There's a definition that I kind of found of it, and like what it is. Uh, black exploitation films often feature themes of social injustice, racial tension, and the struggle for uh, black empowerment. They were seen as a response to civil rights movement of the time. They're also notable for the use of funk and soul music, as well as their emphasis on fashion style and sex appeal. Well, let me put a little sex appeal on the screen right now for the audience. Boom. There we go. Don't mess with Foxy Brown. Oh, 100%, man. One fucking 100%. Yeah. Um, I even found IndieWire's uh, top 10 list. Ooh, let's hear them. Uh, in no particular order, Shaft 2019. By the way, if you've if you've never seen if you never if you want to start somewhere with black exploitation movies, start with the first Shaft movie. Um, that's a good place to start. Got that shit on um, 4K. <laughs> God damn, that's crazy. Uh, Dolomite 1975, starring Rudy Ray Moore. Um, Cleopatra Jones. Never seen that one. Let's see. Cleopatra Jones, a title role film, depicted a new type of black female presence in mainstream America. Her character was sort of an antithesis for the more phallic heroines of the time. That's a weird way to put it. <laughs> like those played by fellow black exploitation star Pam Greer. Okay, yeah. All right. I'm a Pam Greer fan. Like I don't know oh, what, dude. I I would I would love I would love for her to come to a convention so we can all take pictures with her, because uh, she's fucking great. Yeah, she. Uh... Uh... I was reading an interview the other day. She turned down a part in Octopussy because she thought the script was garbage. <laughs> she saw I mean, it coming. Smart. She saw it coming. <laughs> I mean, she's made a lot of... She's been in a lot of bad movies because there wasn't a lot of money behind them. If a James Bond movie comes calling and the script is shitty, like, what's the excuse? Yeah, that's no. 100, 100% true, man. Uh, let's see. Another one. I can see. Go down the list. Um, Truck Turner. Isaac Hayes as Truck Turner is certainly not to be ignored. One of the ones belonged to Nikel Nichols, widely known as her hero of the stoic Lieutenant Uhura from the original Star Trek series. Nichols plays uh, Doriandu, who also, along her man pimp... <laughs> <laughs> see, along with her man slash pimp gator runs a well-known pr- pricey brothel <laughs> fucking love it already ah here's a good one you'll you'll know what this is as soon as i say the name blackula <laughs> oh god i've seen dude i've seen both of those uh blackula is wonderful uh black caesar uh oh, is a wonderful one, one. Uh, starring Fred Williams, Gloria Headley, Julius Harris, Black Caesar was a remake of the 1931 Edgar G. Robinson film Little Caesar, uh, one of the more well-produced films in the period with strong performances starring the cast in the film, the commercial success. Um, yeah, actually, uh, Fred Williams talks about this one. Like they basically made this made this um, in New York without any permits or whatever. And it's, it's fucking wild. Like they, he was bleeding. He was fake. There's a part where he gets shot. He's like fake bleeding on the street. And like the cops come over and ask what's happening. He's like, he's like, yeah, man, we're shooting a movie. Can you kind of move out of the way? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, the, another one is, uh, three, the hard way, 1974, quite possibly one of the best, most ambitious, uh, entries into the genre. Gordon Parks Jr. Three, uh, three, the hard way, a loop, a loopy Bond influenced action adventure saga. Not hmm. bad, not bad. No, I've never heard of that, and I'm gonna look it up right now. Definitely. Uh, let's see, Coffee, 1973, Pam Greer's. That's a good one. Yeah, 
Uh, the one with Pam Greer in it. Yeah, that's that's the one. Another one. Let's see. Uh, she cuts off the dude's dick at the end and puts it in a pickle jar. <laughs> All right, then. That, that'll be on the list. Uh, another one is uh, <laughs> Trouble Man. Trouble Man stars Robert Hooks as Private Eye Mr. T. Not the one we're thinking of. Uh, who was hired by two gangsters. Uh, Mr. T's task is to find out who keeps robbing their hugely profitable gambling gambling operation. All right, that's that's not bad. Oh, Superfly, 1972, which they remade in 2018, I think, or 2017 yeah. or whatever, which is so weird, so strange. Um, Superfly is a classic. Uh, it's one of the, I think it's one of the ones. Um, it's another one you should watch. Oh, and obviously number one is Shaft, 1971. Go figure. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, those are those are all good ones. Once again, if you need to start somewhere, Shaft 1971 is the uh, the place to go. Definitely remember those. This is uh, an article from IndieWire called uh, "Shaft Had Shaft Had Company: Ten Films That Defined the Black Exploitation Era." Um, if you're interested in this stuff, go check them out. They're fun, ridiculous movies. Um, they're oh god, it, it was it was a wild time. It was a wild time. In and I want to parallel black exploitation movies to whatever the modern equivalent would be because black exploitation movies kick ass. Like you go back and you watch well, those, they seem fake almost. Like they're a parody of themselves. Yeah, well, there are there are there are newer ones that still embody that um, that uh, that that whole that whole thing without being you know let's say preachy. Uh, for instance, <laughs> the, there's one called "The Harder They Fall" on Netflix, which came out in 2021. I remember, I remember reading an article about this, and I wanted to go watch it, and I was like, "This is a this is a Western black exploitation movie. This is like Boss. I won't go further with that." Um, <laughs> Nubian. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kendo. You get it. Um, with Fred Williamson. Uh, but yeah, the harder they fall, which was a black exploitation movie. We also had like American Gangster, which was considered black exploitation as well. Uh, Django Unchained uh, and things like that are in that realm of the modern black exploitation movie. They've, I mean, and they're, they're few and far between, and they're those are the ones I've named are actually quite good. The harder they fall, I've watched more than a couple of times because it's a lot of fun. The music, like it, the music really sells it, embodies that whole feel of it, and just the action, the way that, that things are done and stuff. It's so much fun, man. It's such a good fucking movie. Now, what I wanted to ask though is, I wanted to compare like black exploitation movies to like any other cultural type of movie making because today. We're so obsessed with society is so obsessed with like LGBT movies or this type of movie or that type of movie. And none of them ever work because by definition, I guess a black exploitation movie would fall into those categories of whatever types of movies. But black exploitation movies have a level of quality and fun that today they don't. They take the thing is back then they were trying to say, hey, we can make movies, too. and We can do it crazy and better and this and that. And it fucking worked for the most part. Nowadays, when you get these like movements behind movies it's just like like mindy kaling is what i'm trying to say like she had an art there's an article about her with how she writes all these south asian characters and this and that and it's like all right fine but when you get a mindy kaling thing it's like a certain type it's like if her if mindy kaling represents all south asian entertainment and that's it it kind of sucks because her stuff sucks it's all about how unlikable the character is and how everybody wants to bag yeah, her even though she's unlikable and all this other shit it's an ego it's, trip. and it's funny because like and and he and he the, the the weird thing is that I've seen South Asian movies like from from like you know I guess the American side of you know the Indians who have come here and kind of dealt with Hollywood and done that thing and made their own movies and like 
they suck. But if you look at the ones that are made in the UK, they're actually hilarious and funny. Um, there's actually an Indian comedy troupe that was there in the early 90s called Goodness Gracious Me. I've given Kendo these these episodes. Um, and they're like they're fucking hilarious. You've actually seen a couple of those guys in modern current movies. I know that one of the guys from that troupe was in um, Harold and Kumar: The Rise of Taj. He plays Taj Taj's dad. Oh. Whenever he, he sees him, he was one of these from that famous comedy troupe. But I mean, like I remember watching, I remember getting the DVDs and watching their stuff, and like their stuff it was fucking timeless because even I got the jokes. And I was watching them with my uncle, who's like in his seventies. We both got the jokes. So I mean. It's there, but I don't think. I think what's happened is like the Indian people who have come and dealt with Hollywood and gone through stuff, you know, in the U.S. have fallen to the to the woke mob and kind of feel like that's the way to go, and then that's wrong. It's like there's a way to be funny and offensive and still have your message come across. Like it's real easy. You're just thinking about it too fucking hard. Like I can do it sitting here. I can come up. I can come up with a wonderful idea that. That, that stars all my all my Indian friends from where I grew up, and it would be hilarious as shit. But who's gonna fucking? What's buy our that? superhero that we came up with, uh, Kendo? Oh fuck! What was it? Wasn't wasn't was it? It wasn't Curry Man because that's the rest. No, it, it was been. like it, it sounded like Jet Jaguar. It was some kind of name. It was like a two name thing. It was a guy. Oh fuck! Oh god damn it! Um, folks in the chat, could you tell us what our Indian superhero is so we can get that shit into print in twenty twenty four? Yeah, and and I mean like there's and once again like I have I have no I have no problem. Oh, making it was shit. It was something Vindaloo. <laughs> yeah, and like I have I have no problem. I have no oh problem Rim Jobby. Rim Jobby. Oh yeah, Rim Jobby. Rim Jobby is his name. Yeah, and I, once again I have no problem making fun of me or my people in any fucking way, shape, or form. I have, I, have I give no fucks. I give no fucks. Um, and trust me, I can, I, I, and if once again, given resources and, and time and things like that, I could come up with a really funny, compelling script that is, you know, that's, that would be, that would be good and everybody would like, but alas, put me in it. of course I fucking, I'd, 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 put, I'd put all you guys in it regardless. No, no, what you do is you put me, you, it takes place in India and I run the Seven Eleven. Oh god! Or or I could just remake the movie outsourced. Oh yeah, just don't remake the movie downsized because that movie sucks. God. <laughs> well, well, no, that the, like there was a movie outsourced and they made it into a TV show that lasted only a fucking year. Isn't because you can only you can only make so many like Indian call center jokes in a show. Like that's a very finite amount of like stuff you can do. My favorite is when they always have a name like Steve or Tim. It's like no, you don't. <laughs> That's not your name. <laughs> but they say it. But like they'll talk in the Indian accent when they have to say the name. They'll, they'll sounding. They'll try to sound it like American. It doesn't fucking work. Oh, I know. I've <laughs> dealt with enough of them, and it's very, very, very thick accent. My name is Steve. No, no, it's not. It's Peggy. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, we're Peggy. That was such a great commercial. <laughs> no, no, no. That, their name is usually, usually like Jugdish or something. So. Yeah, Jugdish Patel. Jugdish Patel. There you go. Um, no, it was funny one time when my mom was uh, was talking to uh, to customer service. She gets she's got fucking tired and started talking to them in Hindi, and she got she got it done really quickly. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think when that happens, they're like, "Oh, one of the smart ones"? Probably. <laughs> 
probably like, oh, yeah. I'll help her out real quick. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, well, no, when, when, when they know you speak the language, they're extremely helpful and very, very thankful. Yeah, they're like, we're not dealing with all these fucking mouth-breathing Americans. We got a smart <laughs> fan on the line. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's hey, something else. Now, before we uh, read any more of the Super Chats, uh, I see people in the chat asking us, I don't really have too much to say about the new Lord of the Rings movies they announced. Uh, have you guys heard about that? No, but I'm not up on my Lord of the Rings stuff because you know how I feel about those movies. Well, it sounds... Okay, so today Warner Brothers announced with New Line that they're going to be making multiple feature films set in the Lord of the Rings universe. Um, this projects will be based on both Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. The new projects, in addition to an anime film of Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim, Rohirrim, which New Line is currently in production as well. Um I knew there was an animated feature coming out, like a Lord of the Rings anime. I was like, all right, cool. Um, animation something I'm always interested in. But for those in the chat, um, yeah. So we have to say anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, I want to add one more thing. Um, I recently heard about um, Netflix lowering their prices. Really? Everywhere but America. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm stealing extra passwords until they block me out. Fuck them. Yeah, I'm still I'm still waiting for that for that whole thing to waiting for that whole password thing to drop. I think it's going to drop next month. I keep hearing, but once again, I don't know. Wouldn't it be smart if Netflix were to just not lower the prices in America and drop password sharing and just not tell anybody? Just be like, oh, we we forgot. Yeah, but they they really they really love money, and so that's why they're they're doing it. <laughs> because they've done it like Make as much as they think. Uh, no, I I 100 percent agree. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I mean they're 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 committed now. They're too committed. They've announced it too many times, and it's already been in like Canada and I think South America and some other places as well too. So they're 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 prepared for it. I'm I'm dreading it. I'm gonna lower my or I'm gonna lower my membership to whatever uh, is a more basic tier. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be funny when that happens. Once again, I'm gonna watch the uh, the the stock prices start to fall when that shit happens and see how uh, how low it can go. Now, let's read a few more messages from the audience. And then, Kendo, yeah. did you have anything for the History Corner this week? Or did the audience kind of uh, cover that? I mean, they've pretty much covered that. Um, I know you said you had some super chats from last week. I was just going to fire away on those if you still had them. I do. I have actually all the super chats. Uh, these two are directed at you. TLJ Screwjob, okay. thank you very much. He says, speaking of Jefferson, I've been re-watching Liberty's Kids from early 2000. It's a really good show since it doesn't shy things like tar and feathering and bad good both sides of the revolution. I vaguely remember that show, but by the early 2000s, I was an adult, so I probably wasn't watching it. I was trying to see what it looked like if I watched it. I definitely remember this show, but I never watched it because I remember the, I guess it's a girl. Are they all girls? Maybe it's a little boy dressed as, yeah, the, the, I remember the blonde kid. That's all. I just remember that character and I was like, all right, whatever. Also, uh, Shrubbles08 says, Kendo, who was the worst president, James Buchanan or Woodrow Wilson? Wilson. Wilson, 100%. I mean, <laughs> Buchanan, okay, Buchanan's administration was fucking limp and useless because he did a lot of appeasing of the south and there was a lot of shit that happened under his like the dread scott and bleeding kansas and all that bullshit he could have stepped in and tried to do things but he was kind of just punting and kicking the can down the road and i guess just figured it secession wasn't gonna happen 
So he pretty much sat on his hands and did nothing while the divisions in the country deepened and then didn't seek re-election, and then Lincoln got elected, which caused the secession crisis. So there's that. So that's bad, but you could argue that the country, the way it was going, considering nobody would fucking do anything about the slavery issue from the founding of the country up until the Civil War. So you can't really, you, you could say it's, it was going to go that way. Woodrow Wilson, on the other hand, so if Buchanan did nothing to help stop the Civil War, that was probably still going to happen. Woodrow Wilson is responsible for all the ills of the 20th century in terms of foreign policy and debacles and things like that. Woodrow Wilson was... He, he was elected on a fluke. If it wasn't for the fact that Teddy Roosevelt and Taft ended up splitting the ticket, Wilson's not going to become president and then proceed to do all the bullshit that he does. So Wilson, Wilson by far, because there's been more problems that have been caused by for this country than, you know, what Buchanan did. Yes, we had a civil war. Yes, lots of people died, but there were some good that came out of it. I mean, fucking Woodrow Wilson. Fuck Woodrow Wilson. I never had any opinion on the man until you told me more about him, and now I hate him too. So um, we're going to start a fan club called the Woodrow Wilson Player Haters Club, and we're going to talk shit about him every week. And folks, you're already a member. It's called WCBS. Join us each and every Thursday night. Woodrow Wilson Player Haters Club. I was like, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, if if we're gonna if we're gonna go like a top five all time worst presidents, Wilson's there, Andrew Johnson's there. And if it wasn't for the fact that Lincoln got domed, that fucking idiot would never have been president to begin with. But he's on that list. Buchanan's on that list. Probably Warren Harding. And I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, I would probably. I'm trying. Uh, I don't know. I would. I would love to put Nixon on that list because he was a piece of shit and committed treason. But nobody ever talks about that. So we'll go with that for now. Now, folks, it is time for the portion of the show that you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Cocaine Bear game. This is a video game. You guys ready to learn more about the Cocaine Bear? God, yeah. yes. <clears throat> so this game is called The Rise of Pablo Escobar. Now, this is more of a visual portion of the podcast. But, uh, folks, let's play it together, shall we? Yeah, uh, make sure you turn off whatever audio they uh, they have in the, in the thing. If there is any music playing or whatever. Uh -oh. All right, so we need that and shit. Is there a mute button? Okay, no, no, we, have, we, yeah, we can't hear anything now. We can't hear I like anything. instructions. It's... Eat as many people as you can. That's awesome. Very simple, very straightforward. Cocaine right, keeps you going. <laughs> uh, eat the red bags for super speed. Uh, watch out for the... Three drug dealers. They will steal the bag. They'll steal the bag. Okay, yeah. Uh, catch the ambulance for bonus points. Begin. All right. Oh, okay. This is kind of all right. <laughs> it's kind of like a Pac-Man thing going on. Yeah, here. it is Pac-Man. Oh my God, it's Pac-Man, but with cocaine. <laughs> this is fucking wonderful. <laughs> you should hear the uh, sound. It's like grunting. Oh, that's funny, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you if you are not watching, if you're not watching right now, you should be watching the podcast right now. Jesus. 
That's awesome that they made a fucking game about cocaine. That is oh god, dude. This is this is like Did a, I get you, it you all? know what? You know what? This is this is how you get people hyped for a fucking movie. You need to fucking make somebody soon. There you go. <laughs> what? How come you didn't? I was just that? supposed to like, collect all the I'll try it again. again. Watch out for the they I was trying to watch out for the drug dealers. Ah, fair oh, enough. Oh, so you gotta stay away from the drug dealers, but eat as many people as possible. See, you just fucking mauled the shit out of those people. Got him. <laughs> wow. Wow. wow, that was kind of that was a little bit violent. That's awesome. Oh my Stay god. Stay away from the ambulance. Wait. I guess you just ate the ambulance. The, ambulance? <laughs> the red the red bags make you run super fast. Get him. Get him. <laughs> He's killing people left and right. There you go. There's yeah. a red bag. Hurry, go, 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 get that fucker. Get him, get him. Oh, you missed. I'm out of my cocaine power, guys. God damn it, cocaine power. Oh, you just ate that person. So, oh, God, this is fun. It's like a I think after I'm done with Goldeneye, I'm just going to commit to playing Cocaine Bear forever. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, new stage. Oh, yeah, a new level? You level up. Yeah, you're like in the mountains or something, I guess? I don't know. Looks like caves. Okay, well, yeah, we'll say caves. Yeah, you, there you, <laughs> go. you got one, you got one. It's uh, it's, it's just yeah, it's teetering out. Oh, there we go. There you go. <laughs> All right, I I'm gonna have to Next stop level. because I'm gonna spend the rest of the show playing cocaine bear. Oh my god, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast right now, make sure you're, make sure you catch it on on YouTube, uh, so you can see uh, what the cocaine bear game looks like. It's fucking wonderful. So what we need to do is we need to get the code for this so we can make Meth Gator the exact same game. <laughs> the funny thing is the guy who the guy who's made the who wrote the movie has sequels already like in his head. Like whenever like if this does well, he's he's ready to go for a sequel. I'm just like, I fucking hope so. I, I hope I hope it's good and I hope if it is good, people go and watch it a lot. That's what I hope for. What restaurant do you think would have the best cocaine bear menu? Like, what I'm asking is, is what pre-existing restaurant would have the best tie-in promotion with a film like Cocaine Bear? Bell? Nah, that's more of a weed thing. Yeah. Okay. Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's. If I could do a I lot of cocaine, just run around playing games. Okay, yeah, all right, all right, yeah. Yeah, they could have their, their liquid cocaine drink that, that, that you can get at the bar. Ah, the Amy Locaine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Pass the uh, the, uh, the the you know, uh, bear claws for dessert, if you yeah. will. Oh, bear claws are my favorite. Yeah, they get stuck oh. right about here. Yeah. TLJ Screwjob. <laughs> um, TLJ Screwjob. Hoover would not be in the top five worst presidents because he gets very much shit on for the stock market crashing, which happened like eight months into his presidency. So you can't exactly blame him for that. It's kind of like be like blaming Bush for 9-11, even though he did 9-11. Um, so, no, he didn't. Um, the thing is, like, people are like, oh, he didn't do anything. He just let it happen. Well, he, it happened under his watch only because the wheels had already been set in motion. Um, he tried to intervene, but he tried to intervene in a way that didn't come off as heavy-handed governmentally. And so because of that, people, it's the impression that he caused the stock market to crash and that he didn't do anything to try to fix it. So that's why he, his presidency gets kind of unjustly shit upon. And 
I don't think he was bad because of it. I think it was just this case of he could have he he could have expanded the power of the government and did like FDR did. And but we're not going to get into FDR being a socialist weasel, but a great leader during World War II. Um. Okay then. By the way, I'm with I'm with Modelicious. I think Dunkin' Donuts would, would have it with the best time because what is their what is their slogan? Oh, America runs on Dunkin'. There you go. America runs on cocaine bear. Theater there you now. go. And they've got all them powdered donuts. <laughs> yes, everything's powdered. Powder powdered bear claw. There you go. Mm, I would eat a powdered bear claw. How wouldn't it be great if Okay, so if a film like Cocaine Bear would have been made in 1999, early, let's just say like early 2000s, there would have been like a promotional package of powdered sugar that had Cocaine Bear on it. Like, that's just marketing you would do. You take a Domino Sugar, put fucking Cocaine Bear, and sell it. I got my Cocaine Bear Coke. <laughs> oh my that, God. that was an early 2000s thing, man. But today, you got to be a little more. Uh... Well, I'm just happy that fucking Cocaine Bear is having a is getting a nationwide release as a fucking movie. Well, there is because it's a good concept. There's hope after all, I guess. I don't know. Hopefully, it's shown at the local theater when I go back home in a couple weeks. I'll go watch it one evening. Yeah, I'm gonna try to catch it this weekend for sure. Um, Kendo, would that be a solo picture for you? I mean, as in I'd have to go watch it by myself. I mean, I could probably get Brandon to go with me if I'm back home. But if it's like out here in the land of entrapment, then. Yeah, that's a solo picture because it's gonna be really hard to convince her to go see the Cocaine Bear movie. Well, you tell her it's a true story, and you don't tell her which parts are the true story. The thing is, like, she might go for it for the action element of it, but like the concept. If I like, there's this movie about this bear that eats a bunch of cocaine. It's based on a true story. She probably would just be like, "Well, drugs are bad and okay," and leave it at that. And I'm like, okay, "Can we at least get past the part where you're very militantly anti-drug?" Uh, TLJ Screwjob uh, sent in a super chat, Kendo, to hear your thoughts on FDR. I mean, we don't have enough time for me to get deep dove into it, but long and short of it would be uh, he gave the country hope during a time where there was like a lot of not hope. So that's a good thing. He demonstrated tremendous leadership during World War II. Um, So those are the positives. Negatives being like, the expansion of the government, the beginnings of the nanny state, stuff along those lines, and created a bunch of social programs that didn't really work. And he gets used to, I don't think he does anymore, he used to get credit for saving America and dragging us out of the Depression. It's like, no, World War II did that. FDR had nothing to do with that. That was all World War II. Not revisionist history there, Kendo. Um, Cosmic Vader? Oh, Oh, never mind. That was a super chat to another audience member. Um, TLJ Screwjob says, Cosmator, I think you meant LBJ, not JBL. I'd rather <laughs> have JBL than LBJ. I, I, I'd rather have JBL than LBJ any day because, you know, LBJ, you know, was responsible for a bunch of our boys getting killed for absolutely no reason and was regarded positively because he signed the Civil Rights Act, but then he also created the Great Society thing, which turned a group of people that had the highest marriage rates in the country to one of the people groups with the lowest marriage rates in the country, which led to a lot of single-family homes, which has led to a lot of the problems we have nowadays. Thanks, LBJ, oh. you fucking prick. And JBL makes speakers, so there we go. There's that, too. And he, uh, he made Eddie Guerrero bleed at Judgment Day 2004. That he also did. 
That's a fucking gnarly chair shot, dude. You can watch the blood gush from Eddie Guerrero's head. Oh, God. It, it's, it's hard to watch because he's no longer with us, but it's a great moment. Folks, I love everyone's uh, history questions to Kendo because Kendo... I was a I was an A student. I graduated on the dean's list and stuff like that, but I do not remember 90% of the shit you talk about. I'm like, oh, I think I vaguely remember this or that. But no, it's a nice refresher. Yeah. It's, it's, Keep them coming. If I don't know that if I don't know enough about it, I will gladly write down write it down and come back to you with, you know, the following week. Well, the whole point is we're trying to become 5013C status, so we're going to teach you guys every week, and then we're tax-exempt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're a non-profit. TLJ Screwjob, yes. Uh, that's another knock on FDRs, what he did to the Japanese people that are living in the United States. Oh, God, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. It wasn't so much that he put them in camps and things like that, but they, they took away all their stuff as well, too, so... Not exactly a, a nice chapter in American history. It's like, How long oh, you live here now. And the funny thing is, there was more German Americans and people of Germanic ancestry in the United States than Japanese ancestry, and none of them got put into camps. No, they became scientists. Um, <laughs> um, those were the Yahtzees that we fucking borrowed after the war. Yeah, that's op- it's called Operation Paperclip, anybody who thinks I'm joking. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's like, yeah, wait, I- you're a really good rocketry? Oh, you're part of the United States. Okay, we'll we'll overlook that whole party affiliation thing. We need you to help help us build rockets and bombs to defeat the Ruskies. <laughs> that was fucking wild. Murder gone Braun, a- no, you are William Brown now. God, so fucking wild. Good callback, um, Kendo. <laughs> no, that was actually a real guy, Werner von Braun. No, no, but remember, Doc Brown yeah, Doc, was von the Braun von as well. And they changing it. Yeah, there's that too. I knew who I knew who Order Von Braun is. I was just like, damn, that was a good callback. Um, <laughs> yeah, space. Yeah, space stuff does overlap with World War II because of you know that whole thing. Yahtzees. Yep. They Remember had, when Magneto had, went hunting the very advanced uh, scientists? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, they uh, changed the world. Well, they were in the process of trying to, you know, completely dominate and take over the world. They needed their best and brightest on all those weird, fucked up super weapons. Yeah. Uh, well, one one fact I heard recently was that the reason that a lot of people a lot of people got onto the V twelve rocket program was because, seven, like, the majority of the fuel was just seventy percent alcohol, and they just wanted to get drunk. Yeah. And then they denatured it and tried to make it to where nobody could drink it. They still drank it. They just got sick, and then people started leaving. <laughs> Because like they had an abundance of people who wanted to be part of it because they could drink on the job, and then I mean I'm going to get a job just so I can drink at work. Yeah, yeah. and then and then they they, they they once once everybody started to get sick and you couldn't do it anymore, they're like ah fuck this, I'm going to go work somewhere else. Which is funny that the irony of all that because one of the reasons why the Hindenburg went up the way it did is because it was painted with essentially rocket fuel. Yeah, uh, thermite was it. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but they, you know, painted it to make it super reflective, so that way the hydrogen gas didn't get heated up inside the balloon, and the material that it was used was essentially like liquid rocket fuel. So, one little spark, and that some bitch went up. And yes, Darian two one seven, Mrs. Kendo is a huge fan of Duter- of <laughs> President Duterte and his uh, war on drugs, which was a literal war on drugs involving the shooting and killing of lots of drug dealers and or drug abusers. Jeez. 3,000 to 7,000. 
Oh yeah, he was. She was telling me all about it. How he would just fucking pop them left and right. Like if there was drug dealers, they would fucking drag him out and just shoot him in the streets. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, Ferdinand Marcos was a bad guy. I'm like, you know, they're both dictators. And then they went and they fucking elected Ferdinand Marcos Jr. as their president last year or earlier this year, whenever they, no, it had been last year at this point, who was the son of said dictator who was living in exile for a while when the Filipinos rose up and threw him out. So it's like, you know, I can see why so many of your people are wanting to leave your country because of the cycle of psychos and dictators you essentially keep electing into power. <laughs> God, it's a lot of people. Yeah, it is. yeah, I mean, at least we just completely just have a cycle of electing idiots into office. They, they elect people that abuse that power. Oh, I, speaking of people in office, so last week there was that big train crash in Ohio, what you guys have heard about, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I've been paying close attention because, you know, it affects Cincinnati. Not Okay, it's not close to Cincinnati, but anything in Ohio, it's home, so I still care about it. And I saw a video today of... The, the of Ohio drinking the water out of a tap from New Palestine, Ohio. They're like, we're all going to drink to prove the water's safe. And so I, I, I watched the video and I thought, did I just watch four people kill themselves on live TV? Like a fun- Not now, but maybe in about, you know, five years when they just develop some kind of weird, like, cancer. Well, give it, give, give it like three days. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And, and even then, I, I, I doubt it, I doubt it was the actual water from there. They, if it's on TV, they probably had this from, from somewhere else, and it's like ultra purified. It's you know some shit like that. Well, they were in some rando's kitchen, and they turned okay. on the tap and were like drinking it from it. But I'm like, you know, they could always just like realign that tap or like you know have something. Yeah, else yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be drinking the water or anything at all yeah. in, in in and around that area. I'd be like. Yo, I saw the picture of that really crazy fucking black mushroom cloud for when you guys fucking exploded all that shit out of that train to burn it up real quick. Um, and that the water right there that has the weird rainbow reflection. Yeah, I don't think I'm drinking that. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of odd things as well online. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's terrible that, they, that these things keep happening, but I, I have no idea. It's the Fairly end of the world not. as we know it. And I feel fine. <laughs> Leonard Bernstein. Uh, folks, get, make sure you press the like button so we can buy an island and broadcast from there. Yeah. Yeah, and folks, if you're really cool, join our membership program because when we reach a goal, we'll be able to get members-only jackets when we do our members-only streams. And, you know, that's kind of fun. Kendo, <laughs> we should get Dion a pink members-only jacket with uh, blue stripes on it. I'm good with that. <laughs> Speaking of good, CLJ Screwjob, thank you very super chat. He says, genuinely interesting. Japan tried to end us before we started, but Pearl Attack ended up making us most powerful in history and world and drop Little Boy and Fat Man to quote Palpatine. Ironic. Oh, yeah. Like, so essentially we pissed off the Japanese by oil embargoing the hell out of them when they were fucking rolling through Asia. And oh, so they didn't weird. like that. So they knew that they had to do something to us. We knew it was coming, or at least we had an idea that something like that might be coming. And even after they attacked us, like one of the fucking like high ranking, like admirals, I think it was Yamamoto or something like that said, we may have just awoken the sleeping tiger. 
which essentially was what happened. Like they blew up some old battleships and things like that. But like our best stuff, like the aircraft carrier, which was coming into its heyday, they were out on maneuvers. So while the Pearl Harbor attack was like a fucking haymaker sucker punch to the eye, it did a couple of things. Number one, it just it dragged us. It, it brought us into World War Two. But number two, it pissed everybody in this fucking country off. So, like, I, I you know, we, you talk about 9-11 and how patriotic and, you know, and, like, fervent everybody was for American love. Do, do that, like, times a million. And that's what you got after Pearl Harbor to, like, everybody was signing up for the military. We went into wartime mobilization because we had this massive amount of industry that just needed a boost. And that was the boost that came along because, like, manufacturing and stuff was happening, but it wasn't happening nearly at the rate that it ended up doing under World War II just because now the government was buying all these fucking supplies to send in and spending the money on all that shit to go send in send in the uh, war materials and the tanks and the aircraft and weapons and shells and everything. And, oh, yeah, Japan regretted that move fairly quickly because we turned the tide of the Pacific – relatively like soon like at midway we turned them back but the thing is we had to go on the island hopping campaign to fucking wipe them out of the pacific because we couldn't just say ah oh, we fucked over your navy go ahead and give up because that was never going to happen so we had to go through and just beat the living shit out of them one island at a time America. like i keep saying i remember these <laughs> things but uh you help refresh my memory uh, Dr. Coffinales, thank you very much. He says, look up Nihua incident. It may explain at least a little what happened to American Japanese during World War II. Oh, yeah. A lot of not nice things happened to American Japanese during World War II. Thanks, FDR. By, by the way, Kendo, do you know how long the um, <clears throat> the Japanese were in those camps? Uh, years. I'm pretty sure they started rounding them up like shortly after we got into the war and kept them there until after the war was over at least. Holy shit. That's wild. Don't, wasn't there a book, like a children's book, about all the Japanese kids playing baseball in the internment camp? It's like a, I'll look that up real quick. I, remember I mean, that's that. part of the reason why Japan is like really big on baseball is because, you know, us. It's so weird when I watch like um, the Olympics and they'll have the, the Japanese baseball stadium or the team and stuff like that. And I'm like, damn, uh, I just I'm only here. I guess it's Lucky Baseball or Baseball Saved Us. I'm looking it up. Uh, not Barbed Wire Baseball. I don't know, but, you know, the, the after World War II, like, us and the Japanese became, like, the best of friends. And, like, all the best stuff's made in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because all the shitty stuff's made in China. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever forget that Mitsubishi built the planes that bombed Pearl Harbor. Cotton Hill. <laughs> Have you watched every episode of King of the Hill? Oh, uh, no, because I was a steady viewer of King of the Hill from the night it premiered back in like 19, what was it, 97? Yep. Or so. I was a steady watcher all the way up through like season five, six. And then I was very sporadic from there on out. And there's even episodes that I've missed because like I was watching season four. I started watching that two days ago. And there's a couple episodes I missed, and it's like, okay, this was around 99, 2000, so I was working at this point. And because I was 16 and low man on the totem pole, I was probably working Sunday nights, and that was back before the days of the DVR. So if I forgot to set the fucking VCR to record it, I wasn't going to see it. 
So there's been a few. There was a few episodes that came up. I'm like, fuck, I never saw this one. Yeah, uh, good old VCR VCR recordings. Yeah, because that's what I would do if I thought to do it before I left to go to work was. If there was something I wanted to watch that night and I wasn't be home, I had to set the tape or set the VCR to tape it. God, the old days, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we found out that uh, a good chunk of our family tapes had been taped over with episodes of The Simpsons. So if you ever go to our some of our family gatherings, you can watch home videos, and then all of a sudden they cut into an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Shrubbles08 says, look up the testing of U.S. Navy's torpedoes before World War II. One of three tested torpedoes halfway worked. Ooh. <laughs> they had less than a 33% chance of working? That's terrible. I, I, Is that I why can, they said damn the torpedoes? I guess, maybe. I don't know. I can tell you that uh, we have fixed that problem because from what I understand from people I know that have been in the Navy, our torpedoes work really well. Yeah, from from what I hear, like we have fiber optic cord that connects, like a mile fiber fiber optic cord that connects them whenever they launch to keep them like going until they hit what they're supposed to. Like it's it's wild shit. Yeah, this kind of technology is insane. Like especially the modern day equivalent. It's like you could be in your basement and you could be you know, seen from space. So <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Unless unless there's a, there's a balloon up there, then you're just seen from there. Oh yeah, we've been shooting those things down with fucking five hundred thousand dollar missiles, I, which I love. Which I love. Fucking blowing up mylar balloons with ham radios attached to them. <laughs> like it's like when Nick kept posting those things. I'm like, oh yeah, the dog is being wagged. I can see it now. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just post that shit because it's interesting, and I just think it's, you know, I think you guys should know about it for sure. Yeah, I even posted the fucking thing of, like, the uh, the pilot taking a selfie with the fucking balloon. Oh, dude, that one is awesome. That guy's a fucking hero. <laughs> <laughs> you get into, like, one of them fucking YouTube, like, they will fucking YouTube planes, and you're flying up there, and you find that balloon, and you're just, like, the first thing you do is, like, I'm taking a selfie of me in this fucking balloon. <laughs> but, then, but then before you post that selfie, you have to clear it with uh, fucking, you know security first and like can which they were all cool with <laughs> imagine that conversation hey 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 buddy can i can i post this well why we have to make sure the security clearance is okay it's like all right fine you get down you get back down on the fucking deck and go see the the flight general about it and be like hey took a picture of me with the balloon up there cool put it on instagram <laughs> air force oh god i gotta fucking love it hmm <laughs> Uh, no, my favorite one was the one that was over Lake Huron that was apparently like some fucking weather group's like balloon that they lost contact with, and we shot at it with a Sidewinder missile, and it fucking missed. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> it took two shots. It took two and it's, shots. It, it's like, number one, why are you shooting down a fucking hobby crew weather balloon with a fucking Sidewinder? Just, yeah, do, yeah, don't you have like... You have, like, a, you have a cannon. You can just shoot it with a 20 millimeter round. That's just one. Just hit it with one little burst. It'll take it down. It's like... Yeah. And secondly, wait, you missed with the missile? One, where did that missile end up going? It'd be nice to know where that went. And number two, did you just free fire it? Did you try to get lock on it? Was it not going to lock because it's a fucking Mylar balloon? Like, what's, mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on here, but you yeah, could have just shot it. Because that's what I've been thinking as well, too. It's like, they have guns on those on, on those fighter jets, right? Like, yes. why don't they just use those and not, not the hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of missile equipment that you're shooting down a fucking balloon with 
Yeah, just and it's over Lake Huron, so just get it at ele- you know, just get above it, so that way you're aiming down on it, so the bullets are going towards the fucking lake. You're not gonna hit anything underneath it because it's gonna spool up because it's like one of them fucking Vulcan cannons that's on those on those fighter jets. It'll spool up. It'll fire off a burst of like five rounds. Balloon will go down. Nobody's gonna get hurt, and you're not spending you know a half a million on a sidewinder missile that you missed with, and we don't know where it landed. <laughs> You know, oh, we're not going to shoot down the fucking, we're not going to shoot down the Chinese balloon because it might land on like a school or something like that. Oh, that's okay. We fucking shot at some kid's ham radio t- attached to a fucking party balloon with a fucking Sidewinder missile. That missed, and we don't know where it went. Oh, by the way, we did it over a populated area outside of Detroit. It's like, oh, that's great. <laughs> Even worse. Even like, fucking it's worse. Like, wait, you missed it? Yeah, but it's okay. The missile is going towards Canada. Oh, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> it fucking hit cheetahs in Windsor and ruined it. Damn it. <laughs> no. Kendo, you have one more message on the screen from TLJ Screwjob who asks thoughts on the 442nd Infantry and Audie Murphy. Well, I can tell you that the Oldsmobile 442 is really fucking cool. Um, I would have to look up more about the 442nd Infantry to give you a, an exact answer. As for Aud- Audie Murphy, he's like. Medal of Honor winner, American legend, went into making movies after the war was over. Um, he ended up getting to live the life that John Bassalone could have lived had he not gone back to serve in the Marines and getting killed on Iwo Jima. So big respect to that guy. Um, but yeah, I'll have to look up more about that. So I'm going to write that down. 442nd. Clone Geek has a question for me. Are the Spider-Man comics right after One More Day any good? I'm talking about stuff like Brand New Day. Clone Geek, you're not going to hear this from many people, but I'll tell you, I think One More Day is shitty, but Brand New Day is okay. It was a, a reboot of Spider-Man, for those who don't know. It took place in 2008. I believe 2007 was the end of Civil War and One More Day, and then that took place in 08. I've bought every issue. I've read every issue. It's different, but it's still fun. If you're a Spider-Man purist like I am, there are certain things that are going to irk you, but then there are certain things like Bob Gale, the writer of Back to the Future, writing Spider-Man comics where... My, uh, Spider-Man goes, think, McFly, think, as he jumps through the air and shoots webs. So it's a solid run. Uh, they introduce new characters. There's that flat lady. Mary Jane's got something going on with this actor. It's got a lot of drama. It's like, when you compare it to what comes later, it's really fucking good. Is it as good as the classic stuff? No, but it's better than most of the shit that came from the 90s. That there's there's fun stuff. Spider-Man has a fun run-in with the mob. There's a new goblin. Mr. Negative appears. And I'm just pulling this all from memory. I didn't pull up anything. I remember reading these books and liking them quite a bit. It's really when I got into collecting Spider-Man hardcore. Yeah, give, give them a read, Clone Geek. I highly recommend them. Don't read the Clone Saga. Don't go and read random bullshit. When it comes to Spider-Man, take it from me. Here's how I would start. Original Spider-Man run. Really, read Amazing Fantasy through probably Spider-Man 300 and something when the clones start. Maybe 400. I don't know exact numbers, but quit. Don't read Spider-Man comics from like 1994 to 99 or 2000. And there's a reboot again. It's okay. But then it really picks up when John Romita Jr. is on Peter Parker Spider-Man. Um, and if you want to read those, awesome. But Brand New Day is still fun. Now, guys... We have to get ready because we have one of our traditions coming up, our Oscar Lampoon Party. Yes. Now, the Oscars are on March 12th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 
we will have a very drunk watch like we do last we did last year and every year. Now, last year, guys, one of the craziest moments in Oscar history happened. The Will Smith slap. And now, today, the Academy has announced their contingency plan to help avoid this. So, a well, crisis they banned Will Smith. Snipers. So start. Well, a sniper at the door would be perfect for the Oscars. I feel like uh, some of these actors need to be... No, never mind. Uh, crisis <laughs> team will be introduced at the Oscars to handle any unanticipated events after Will Smith stormed the stage and slapped Chris Rock during last year's ceremony. Academy chief executive said that the new team will run many scenarios and hope that they will be prepared for anything that might take place at the gala on March 12th. Because of last year, we've opened our minds to the many things that can happen at the Oscars, Kramer told Time Magazine. Well, here's the thing. The the viewership for this Oscars is going to spike slightly higher than the last one, but then it'll go down next year because everybody's expecting something to happen again this year, and it's not going to. Uh It's going to be the same boring shit, so... Alec Baldwin's going to streak. <laughs> I mean, I... If Top Gun doesn't win, I'm going to lose my mind. It's and not going to. It's... I know, because the Academy is stupid. They're going to pick some foo-foo artsy movie. Let's see. I wonder I wonder what's up. Let's see. Um, but the best movie of shooter. 2022 had to be Top Gun Maverick. The, the highest grossing movie was Top Gun Maverick. The best reviewed movie was Top Gun Maverick. And the movie that brought all the people back to the theaters that paved the way for Jam, James Cameron to be able to wank off into a sock over blue people was Top Gun Maverick. I'm looking at the list of the Best Picture nominees. The only one... Okay, I liked Everything Everywhere All at Once. That was a great movie. And I thought The Benches of Anishirin was fine. But my God, did I really enjoy Top Gun. I wish Top Gun would win... Just to send a message that, like, people don't like your artsy frou-frou bullshit and you're really dividing yourselves from the country, meaning you're creating art that nobody wants to watch and you're creating, you're basically making yourselves, um, you're, you're basically making, you're hastening your demise. The inevitability of your decline is happening faster because you push out retarded crap. It's like there's a renaissance coming, folks. And I'm not saying we're here yet, so it's going to be a little while. But the fact that we get a movie like Cocaine Bear and we're having so much fun and a movie like Top Gun Maverick is nominated for an Oscar isn't a sign that we're heading in the right direction. It's that enough people are tired of the fucking bullshit that gets made and they're trying something new again, folks. So it could be interesting. It could be exciting. But at least we have something to root for. Like every year we just sit and go, oh, the Oscars, the Oscars. Nah, man, I'm on the edge of my seat for Top Gun. It deserves it. That was a damn good film. Yeah, 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 yeah. Top Gun is best picture. Um... I honestly think um, everything, everywhere, all at once is going to sweep. Elvis is going to get a few, a few nods, but yeah, I think, I think everywhere, everywhere, all at once is going to sweep. I don't think the, I don't think the Fablemans are going to get anything, even though, good, you know, it's it's Spielberg's, you know, it's his thing. Um, I Do you hope think he'll get best director. He might. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Brendan Fraser wins uh, best actor for the whale. That, that, that's my, that's my only, that's my only hope. That's my only, that's my only thing. That's the only thing I'm waiting for. Um, that's really all. Uh, other than I'm, that, you I'm know. going for a short round to win an Oscar, dude. I would. You know if, what? Me too. I want. I, I would love him to w- win one as well. That'd be great. If short round can win an Oscar, folks, we're gonna do something special here on the channel to celebrate. I'm serious. I, I love short round. Do you want to do I, a double feature Goonies, uh, um, Temple of Doom? Yes. Okay. We should do. We should do that for sure. God, that'd be a great. Well, we could. We, we, if, you want, if, if, if you want, we could do a triple feature where it's 
Goonies, Simple of Doom, and uh, Encino Man. Oh, yeah, he is in that movie. Shit. Yeah, let's watch Encino Man. I live right up the street from Encino Man. Let's go. That's actually where my IHOP is. I go all the time. <laughs> and if you go about 10 minutes in the opposite direction, you're in Reseda, which is where the Karate Kid takes place. It's a shithole. Even though even, even though the majority of that show is like shot in downtown, downtown Atlanta. It makes sense. You you shoot your pickup shots in downtown LA and around here, and then you film the rest there. Oh God, what do you remember the movie with um, Kendall's favorite actor, Kunal Nutton? You know, God damn it, Stuber and, uh, and uh, yeah, Stuber. Yeah, um, it was funny because the majority of that movie, like all the all the outside shots, were literally just stuff they had bought from like um, like a video blocks or something. It was just like LA LA shit that like they had bought from you know the, the, those shots or whatever those big. Like drone shots, and everything was shot in Atlanta. It was hilarious because, like the the first the first hotel they go through is like, it's the one where like, um, DragonCon is held. It's like the fucking Marriott or whatever like that. I I know that hotel really fucking well, and I was like, oh, I know where the hell they are. Uh, even every place they were going to was like, I know where all these places are, and they were just trying to like make it look like L.A., but they really couldn't because like they would go from having palm trees to normal trees, and it was like it didn't work out. <laughs> No. Uh, I love when you can notice that in movies. I was watching The Rookie today, and I'm like, wait, this is shot by here, and this is shot by there, and this is generic, and that's not. It is like living in a movie in all the wrong ways. <laughs> now, folks, we will get to you guys, uh, the rest of the Super Chats, in just a moment. But I wanted to ask you guys this as we close out the show, as we get close to the end of the show, because we don't talk a lot of gaming. When we put gaming on the picture, uh, the title card doesn't get as many views. But there's this new game that's banned because of uh, reasons. So let me pull up the screen. Ukraine government has tried to ban Atomic Heart from country's digital stores because of everything that's going on. Now, the Ukraine Deputy Minister of Digital Transformation wants the, the game banned because it romanticizes communist ideology and the Soviet Union. We're okay. there. We're censoring a game because it takes place in an alternate Russia, and, you know, people are bothered by that. Okay. I thought people were going to be bothered by the sex and the titties of the robots, but no. No, 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 the sex and no, the robots is people. fine. Um, yeah, there's going to be enough people that will get turned on by that shit. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's a whole sec of porn up for that. Um, uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's fucking weird, man. Like, yeah, this shit's going on in the world, but goddammit, it's fucking entertainment. Let it, let it just be what it is. Yeah, you know, just it's fiction. Let it let it roll, man. Come on. Yeah, nobody's gonna play this game and be like, "Oh man, communism was so wonderful and great. We should have more of it." Yeah, they're not gonna fucking convert people because they play the goddamn game. No, it's like it's 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 it's, it's like saying Call of Duty will convert people to join the military. It's not what happens. Yeah, no, I, I played never... Call of Duty. And... I didn't sign up for the military. Of course, I've got asthma, and at this point, I'm way too old. But that's not the point. <laughs> are you have you guys played any of the call of duties like all the way through because i've only played multiplayer and then given up well no i'll, I'll, I'll play them all the way through yeah, yeah i'll play i'll play the the story the stories are always you know they're they're okay um i really i really one day want to go full full into the call of duty and pay for like the crazy season pass and get all that bullshit and get all the weapons up front that are really awesome so I can kill everybody and, you know, prestige 18 times in one night. You can't do it 18 times in one night, even on fucking double double. I know, weekends. I know, I know. So I tried to download 
I have Call of Duty Cold War on the X, the series, no, PS4, and it only downloaded the multiplayer and zombies. And for some reason, there's a glitch or an error and can't download the campaign anymore from the PlayStation Store. So I'm stuck with an inert video game. Thanks. <laughs> Don't zombies you love when that cool, happens? Like, I want to play the story. I, I actually play Call of Duty for the story because, hear me out, it's a quick, short story that shows off the best graphics and solid game gunplay, and it's short. It's over. You're done. I don't. Oh, I yeah. love long games. Yeah. Zelda. Yeah. If I want to commit a year of my life, I'll put in Zelda. And you're thinking Zelda doesn't take a year to beat? No, but to explore it fully after I complete it, I still want to play it. Call of Duty. They're a dime a dozen games, but they're fun. I like to play Come with on. Dion. Yeah, no, they, no, they, they really are fun. The multiplayer is good. Um, but no, you're right. They are a dime a dozen. They and and here's the thing: they shouldn't cost that fucking much ever. They should not be sixty bucks a pop. That should be like forty-five or forty. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Yes, Kaka <laughs> is the law, baby. <laughs> You're watching the XFL. Yes, the Battle Hawks just kicked a walk-off field goal to win twenty to eighteen over the Seattle Piss Dragons. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, Kaka is the law. <clears throat> to God. The new one's seventy bucks. Jesus fucking Christ. All games went up to seventy dollars. I have Game Pass. I just play what's on there for now. Like I'm having more fun with GoldenEye, a 25 year old video game, than I am Deathloop, a brand newish game. Yeah. So Darian two and seven, thank you very much for your super chat. He says, "How did the Deadpool end up? How's the pool looking for the new season now that it started?" So the Deadpool, I came in second. Um, there has not usually we draft the day before the Super Bowl, but. There was no draft so far this year, so we have not had a draft yet. So we are still working on getting that taken care of. Um, so it's probably going to be like an abbreviated COVID season, even though COVID happened three years ago and was responsible for some really good points. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, whenever it happens, I, I will. I will totally, you know, update everybody. So I know you're on pins and needles, Darian, but. Whenever it happens, it happens. I will work on, you know, getting that taken care of. It, in all honesty, the draft will probably happen in a couple weeks when I'm at home. That'll be good. That'll be good. Um, also, we have to press some buttons. So first up is this one, which is right here. Get what you fucking deserve! Uh, but, oh, my gosh! And now... Darian, we don't actually have the Japanese game show button, but uh, feel free to pick something else. And while you're waiting, here's another one. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. <laughs> Fucking love you, Shooter. <laughs> I wonder if you ever went to the Sizzler with that weird guy. <laughs> I could have got some grub. Yeah. Uh, Xavier to God, thank you very much. He says, Jeff, what are some things you liked and didn't like about Spider-Man, the new animated series? Also, did any of you guys read Star Wars Legends or EU? I don't want to speak for the other two guys on this show, but Dion is the master of the EU. I know he doesn't talk about it like some other YouTubers and all this other shit because he's not here to try to show off and look cool. 
But that dude has four Rubbermaid containers stacked high with every Star Wars book that was printed up until a certain date. You know where he read them all? On the fucking toilet. For years, Dion sat on the toilet and read Star Wars books after Star Wars book. You think it's a joke? Uh-uh. I've seen the fucking books. There are literally four of them stacked high every book. I'm like, you got Death Star? Yeah, I got Death Star. You got the Shadows of the Empire? I got that. You name it. He's got it. Like, you fucking pull him out of his head, too. He's like, oh, yeah, that's the one where this and this and that happened. Dion's the EU guy. We just don't flex that muscle here on the channel because why are we going to think about the thing that's gone and dead all the time? That's mm-hmm. true. That's one hundred percent true. It's depressing to think about. So I think about it. Yep. Yeah, well, no, um, no, I, I, I know, I know nothing about um, the Legends or EU. So don't ask me. Now I will tell you about the Spider-Man cartoon. So for those who don't know, the New Adventures of Spider-Man is a cartoon that debuted in two thousand three on MTV. No, I didn't Google that. I just happened to remember that. So I'll tell you the exact day I saw it too. It was the that launch weekend. I went to the movie. I saw a double feature at the drive-in. I saw Terminator 3 and I saw Charlie's Angels 2 Full Throttle. It sucked. But the <laughs> highlight of my day was that new Spider-Man cartoon. Xavier to God, what I enjoyed about it is I loved the art style. I loved the music. I loved Neil Patrick Harris. It was different than the movie. It was meant to be a spin-off of the movie, which I understood. I was, what, 14? So I wasn't young. 14, 15 at the time. I understood that was a spin-off of the movie, but it didn't have the license or the rights to the actor's looks. So I understood that. But it was meant to be Peter in college. So as we watched it when it was new, this was supposed to fill in the gaps between the Spider-Man movies. And it was awesome. It was different. Remember, this is in the early 2000s where the style, you know, that show was really on the cutting edge of style. Outside of the CGI look, the characters looked very modern. The music was on point and this was right at the beginning of the ultimate universe we're only three years removed from ultimate spider-man at this point where the character was in a state of evolution where you know spider-man was still classic but the world around him was changed the villains looked different they were a little more primal they were a little more modernized and so that show reflected a lot of that in many ways that show feels like the college version of ultimate spider-man so i thought it was great i don't really have too many critiques of it outside of it should be available on 4k it should be available to buy on disc tomorrow because it's a good show and I think uh, more people should watch it. Xavier to God also sends in one that says, you guys should watch all the Saw movies and drink every time there's a flashback. No. Oh, Jesus no. Christ, man. Come on. I'm not watching any of the Saw movies. I saw part of the first one. That was enough. I'm like, I don't need horror porn. Mm, torture porn's not me. Yeah, torture porn's no. not. Yeah. Nah, dude. It's, they, 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 there's a point where, like, the torturing re- it reaches too much and you're just bored of it because you've seen it too much. It's just kind of like, I don't fucking care for those movies. Those movies are, they, it's, it's, it's funny because I think, yeah, like saw, saw was a thing for every, every, every October. And then the, and that's the thing we got every Halloween. And then all of a sudden, what was it? Paranormal activity, like <laughs> killed it. I think it, I think it made like a million dollars more than it over the same weekend. And then Saw fucking died. And then we kept getting Paranormal Activity every Halloween. And then yeah, those yeah. died. And they're just kind of like <laughs> not made anymore. So. To me, Saw goes in the category like the Final Destination movies. First one's good. Interesting concept. It's okay. But then it tries to outdo itself every time after that. And it has to ratchet it up. So, like, how does Final Destination ratchet up? Even crazier fucking, you know, gorific, you know, death stuff happening. Well, Saw, I mean, well, like, well, you know, let's see people fucking sapuku themselves on on the screen. That'd be great. Well, no, the the, the thing with Tarnless Nation, it was more about like the Goldberg device that ended up like <laughs> killing the person, like the balloon that would pop and scare the bird, the bird that would fly and you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, and startle the fucking construction worker that would drop the you know 
beam on the person. Like, it was always about the Goldberg device of, like, that would lead up to killing the person. And the gore was kind of secondary. There wasn't a lot in there. There were some kills that were really gory. But um, I, 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 th I think it was getting to the point of, like, you know, what elaborate shit will work together that we can make make believable for somebody that would die after, you know, these events. Um, I don't know. I I like the final lesson more than, than, than Saw. I think the third one is my favorite. And I keep hearing they're going to like they're going to make another one or something like that. So we'll see what happens. I like Final Destination more than I like Saw as well. You're not alone. Yeah, man. It's it's just yeah. It's just I don't know. I just, I just think it's a lot more fun to see like the elaborate bullshit that happens to fucking kill somebody. Sometimes it's just crazy. Now we have two messages from Aurora Uplinks. Thank you, Aurora Uplinks. Film idea. We get an Imperial officer who goes rogue, takes a sector with him. He's pro-Jedi, and the Emperor sends Inquisitors to prepare an invasion slash war. We already had that with General Hux being the spy. Oh, no. I forgot about that. <laughs> like, I'm down for more that kind of a Star Wars film, but you're right. General Hux did it first. I'm the mm -hmm. spy. Rise of Skywalker. That last, that last fucking movie. <laughs> it was a good time hanging out, but man, was it terrible. It was, dude, it was, it was the best time hanging out, but watching that movie was fucking insufferable. Now, here's a great idea from Aurora Uplinks. How about you guys actually write a movie live stream? I took a picture of that. Let's okay, um, we could okay. we could totally fucking do that. That's not a problem. We would just need uh, super chat prompts from people and probably like some sort of poll to put up so we can like have decisions made with the, with the audience. We could totally... I'm, enti I'm entirely down to do it. That sounds like a fun afternoon. Um, that'd yeah. be great, actually. If it turns out amazing, we'll even turn it into a graphic novel. Who knows? Sure. Now, we have a very generous message from our friend Legato Starwin. says, Jeff, not sure if you still like reading manga, but there's a good manga series called Pumpkin Night. It's love letter to slasher movies. Some other good horror-themed manga is Dorohedro, Dead Tube, and Die Dark. Let me take a screenshot of that because oh, nice. they sold me. No. Now, Legato Starwin, I still do like manga. Uh, Spy X Family is my favorite current one right now. I enjoy the classics like Lupin the Third. I'm working my way slowly through One Piece. But folks, I have an interview coming up with some creators of one of our favorite childhood shows, and so I'm reading their books to get prepared. So right now, if it ain't Wokebusters or like whatever material that I use for reference, it's that book right now. I'm not telling you the title yet. I'll tell you guys next week because that that will be one week removed from the interview. This is going to be in the vein of my J.W. Rinsler interview, the classic one we have here on the channel. And it's going to be the first in a series of interviews that I'm working on with uh, people you definitely want to hear me talk to. So you'll be surprised. Uh, this, is, this is cool. But these people are awesome. They created one of the best ever made. And everyone here in the chat likes it in some way. That's all I'll tell you for now. Yeah, I need but, to. Uh, I, I, man, I, I definitely want to go buy. I definitely want to go back and check the um, Halloween comic series and the Ash comic series. Don't watch or don't read some of those Halloween comic books. There are some real shit ones. Okay. Yeah, because I know I, I know there've been like at least one or two series made on it, and it's kind of like I don't know. It's it seems it seems it's I, I'm interested because I want to see what they would do with it because. <sighs> It's really it would be really tough to make a continuous comic series about Michael Myers. Like it'd be really difficult, it'd be very very difficult because it's just going to be him killing people for like you know a few pages or whatever, and them trying to track him down and kill him and that whole thing. So 
He's just, it's, it would be interesting to read a wordless Michael Myers comic from his perspective. That's about it for me. <laughs> that would be, that would be really, actually, you know what? That'd be really interesting because, um, yeah, it would just be the, or you're just looking at the art and the panels. Mm-hmm. That'd be, and yeah, that'd be actually, yeah, that would actually, that would be really, that, that would be interesting. Nick, let's go pitch that to whoever owns the rights to Halloween. Because because here's the here's the wonderful thing. You want to know why? Because the only thing that has to be in another language is the cover. That's it. Yep. You can you can sell that internationally. No problems. We are the number one comic in the world. White face man. Everybody loves him. <laughs> White face man. <laughs> now, yeah. It seems like we've reached uh, the end of another great episode. Unless there's anything I've missed. No, I think we got everything. Yeah. Folks, this has been another awesome night. Thank you for joining us. Nick, Kendo, is there anything else you'd like to say before we put this baby to bed? Cause the law. Uh, go watch Cocaine Bear. Yeah. Check it out. Play that game. Uh, maybe I might do a stream here on YouTube of me just playing it for like a half an hour, see if we can beat the whole game. If you want that, press one in the chat. And then once one. that goes live... It'll get you put should, onto the membership should, program. You should do it on fucking Twitch. Okay. Wait. We'll talk later. Wait. All I have to do is just... I can stream Twitch from my laptop, right? Uh, Yeah. I think so. You should You should be able to. If not, you need OBS, but that would that shouldn't take... But, like, it shouldn't take... It, it shouldn't take very long. Really, it shouldn't. All right. I'll make it happen. <laughs> all right. So, I got a lot of ones already. If we get another tank tread of that, then we'll make it happen for sure. But folks, I will tell you about a few things before we put this baby to bed. We're only a few short days from our WrestleMania meetup. Remember, folks, on the 30th of March, which will be a Thursday, we're going to be hanging out. We're going to go get some lunch down in Santa Monica area and do some stuff down there. Friday will be the Universal Day, as it said in the bumper. And Saturday and Sunday are WrestleMania. So I'm just going to be honest. I'm a wrestling fan. I have WrestleMania tickets. I'm ready to go to this event. So what we'll do is you guys show up to WrestleMania early. And then we'll go get a bite to eat after Mania. We'll hang out for a little bit. And then remember, folks, not try to sound like a wet blanket. we got to be back up early for WrestleMania the next day because we have to be at the venue extra early for some of this stuff. So be on the lookout for more information. We'll keep giving it out. We'll post it on social media. But just come hang out. Even if you don't like WrestleMania, who gives a shit? This isn't really a wrestling thing. We just tied it around because we'll be out here in this leg of the country. I live here, so it's fun. Come out, hang out, uh, get some drinks, shoot the shit. I'll be giving out some WCBS stuff to everybody that makes it out here. It's going to be a party. Now, guys, that's it. We have a video that's going to drop in a couple days, so be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for Tits and Art. If you want to go get a copy, go to titsandart.com or go to titsandart.com right now. Get a copy. Those books ship out over the weekend. Because of the president's holiday, it was a little late, but every book has been shipped out. Everything's been taken care of. Every it's been a while too. We're just taking care of the new ones that come in now. So, folks, we have limited supplies available. But they're still available, and they're very beautiful. This is a big 11 by 17 book with beautiful women in various states of undress. But it's not just uh, one of those books. It's very artful, too. It's got great homages to classics. We reference comic book, I reference comic book covers, classic Mobius paintings, and more. Well, Mobius doesn't really paint. But uh, I digress. But, folks, check out the book. It's great, and uh, you can learn a lot about art through tits and art as well. Yes, if you want a, a nice coffee table book with um, with giant tits on it, uh, make sure you go to titsandart.com and get your copy. So this way Jeff can uh, get those orders in and mail them out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, folks. Remember, this is a finished product, and the books are... Uh... Here, hold on. I'll turn on the camera real quick. Let me show you guys what I mean. Like, 
a big old book. If I have my camera cover on, it's a big old book, and we got them just sitting around, ready to go. So, slap a fragile sticker on here and send it to your house. Titsandart.com. It's Wokebusters comic is why I keep thinking about it because all I do is draw that book, but it's exciting, folks. I'm gonna do some more comic streams. We have a lot of people that are getting these books out, and it's an awesome, exciting time for the fans. So I'm working on Wokebusters to make sure it's the best epic possible, and I'm very proud of it. The guys have seen one of the uh, penultimate pages. It's no, it's not the penultimate page. Excuse me, I misspoke. But it's one of the final pages. It's with the Stay Woke Trigglypuff Man being blown into ex out of existence. It was fun <laughs> to draw, and um, yeah, I get the the next comes the inks after I pencil everything. And let's take a while to ink it each page but you know what I mean, a while's like a day a work day not even a whole work day but my point is that's where the beauty and the line and the precision comes in and then i get to send it off to get colored and lettered and it's all fun and then it's on its way to you but folks if you like ghostbusters here's the thing too for these two comics stealing solo and wokebusters the wcbs crew is a part of it but this is the kind of book you don't have to know who we are to enjoy write them very broad, but very much us at the same time. So if you enjoy the personalities of the guys on the show, you'll enjoy the books. But if you've never heard of us, and you're somehow listening to this somehow, you'll like the book as well. So we make it accessible for everybody. Uh, Aurora Uplinks, one more, says, Pitch, sequel characters, put them in a horror movie. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, that'd be awesome and everything, but I think we could get sued for that one. Oh, I just think you'd like, fine, I would watch Rose Tico get slashed. Rose Tico and General Holdo, or Admiral Holdo, go to Crystal Lake, plant Crystal Lake for the weekend, and, <laughs> oh no, hold on, here it is, Jason X, he lands on Canto Bite, and he kills everybody except the space horses and that broom kid. That's the fucking Friday the 13th sequel movie. Okay, that works. I thought <laughs> See, like, they actually wanted us to write that. I'm like, yeah, I don't think we're allowed to do that one. Oh, well, we're allowed to write anything. It's to produce it for money. That's the problem. Why else would we be doing it if we didn't want to produce it for money? I agree. To, I agree. to make the audience laugh. And sell it um, to them as well. Uh, Darian217, you do get a do-over. So don't worry, my friend. Anybody that... Uh, you know, if you send in a super chat at the end of the show, we will get those to you. Just remind us because a lot of these roll in, but uh, we appreciate each and every one of them. And everyone is equally important. So, folks, remember that uh, here in WCBS. Uh, so let's let's go. I think we've reached everything we've had to say. Everything's uh, been covered. It's been another awesome show, folks. Three forty-five was another WCBS classic. We're getting even closer to episode four hundred. We got more stuff coming all the time. Apparently, could cause the law. Of yeah. The word of the night. And uh, folks, enjoy your Bangkoks. But from all of us here at WCBS, thank you for watching. Be smart, be safe, be cool, but always be excellent to each other. Dot com. Dot com.